Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I am your host, Ben, aka the Marvelous Iggy. Joining me is the man who loves to count. You could almost say he's related to the count. Justin. My favorite number is zero. Yes. And joining us is Chief Godzillaologist, Tyler. Tyler, welcome. My favorite number is one, because that's not what I am. Oh, uh, uh, no, okay, no more if self-deprecation going forward, because if I can't do it, nobody can do it. Okay. Technically, you couldn't do it last year. Well, we as, I, I, as new incompetent El Chifo here, that is a new institution. No, I'm in. just, like, respect for keeping it going, but your your decree was for 2020, which ironically was a bad decree, because that was a bad year, but you did it. <laughs> Two, whatever. Yes, I, I did. Somehow I did. Uh, but whatever. We're not here to talk about that, about, about self-deprecation. We are the Charge Shot Gamescast. We are a weekly video game podcast that is dedicated to talk about the news that we, uh, the games we've been playing and the news we've been reading. So, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Justin, have you played anything else besides Bloodborne 2? Oh wait, never mind, that's Earth 25. I'm sorry, what have you been playing, Justin? Gross. Um, is Earth 25 where Bloodborne 2 exists? Or... R25 is where Bloodborne 2 exists and you're a hardcore demon, like, Souls player. Okay, that, that was my And Half-Life question. 3 gotcha. still is now. Cool. Um, but probably no Metroid Prime 4. Uh, no, that's Earth 36. Uh, I want to go to that Earth. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we need... Which which of those alternate versions was a, was a speedster? Go? All of them? Is that Go? All of them? This probably I don't remember the lore. I forgot our episode one hundred lore. <laughs> um, whatever. Anyway, I have not been playing much. Uh, I'm going to jokingly concede my time. No, I'm not actually. Um, I have a few things I want to say up front. Uh, only one of which is game related. Um, so I just want to explain real quick what's going on with the podcast feeds. Um, you know, like, up front here. Because the change already happened. Um, I didn't plan to, like, put it all out before we even had any, like, episodes to explain it. But it was really easy to do, so it ended up just kind of happening. Anyway. We have three podcast feeds now. Um, and they are the the old main feed, which might have auto-updated, but I don't know for sure. I don't think it did. Um, and that is now called Charge Shot Games, which includes this show, as well as Voice of the Vanguard, and any other, like, gaming-related stuff we do, like the, um, the interview, like, the game developer interviews we've done in the past would be on there, um, E3 coverage, which, you know, is important to know right now, uh, that kind of thing. Then we've got the, uh, Charge Shot Movies feed which is pretty much every other podcast. Like, there's, you know, the Atomic Shot stuff, uh, mine and Thomas's, oh, sorry, mine and Tyler's uh, limited Atomic Shot series, um, as well as the upcoming Cinema Shot, whenever that starts, uh, which is soon, right? Because you guys did record today? We'll have news on that later today, at yeah. the end of the episode. Cool. Uh, and then the last one is just the Atomic Shot, sorry, the Charge Shot Watchalongs feed. Um, which is the wrestling stuff that I don't understand. (laughs) 
as well as any of our like movie watch logs that we've done in the past. Um, the the goal of this was kind of to unclutter because we were getting dangerously close to the 300 episode limit, and with all of the shows on one feed, it was kind of hard to like parse through each show. Um, and at risk of you know possibly being discovered less like upfront as people just expect the one feed to be auto updated. I thought it would be better in the long run for discoverability to for people to be able to just subscribe to what they want and be able to better uh, navigate what's on those feeds. So, like, if you don't care about wrestling like me, you probably don't want, you know, a bunch of wrestling watch-alongs in your main feed. Um, if you only care about the games cast, now there's a feed that pretty much only has that. Because uh, Voice of the Vanguard kind of, you know, is a seasonal thing. Um so it's it's in there because it's gaming related but it's not like you know all the time um so i hope it'll help if it if it's a bad idea i'm sorry i'll resign but um i i I thought it would be at least worth the experiment uh so we'll see how that goes but anyway i wanted to explain that up front before we lose people (laughs) and uh secondly really the only game i have like played this week and not already talked about before, because, um, like, I'm still playing a bunch of diecast. Uh, the There's, like, a season a month, basically, and the new season, like, just started, like, at 7. So, like, right as we started. Um, so I was trying to get as many games as I could in to get my rank up as high as possible before the season reset. Um, but, anyway, the only other game I've been playing that, like, I haven't talked about is, uh, I played a little bit of Knockout City. Uh, the new, like, um, hard dodgeball multiplayer type game. Dodgeball Battle Royale. That's it. Dodgeball yeah. Battle Royale. That's That was the word I was thinking of. Um, and I went through all the tutorial stuff and like it's mechanically very solid. Like I really enjoyed learning how to play it. Um, like pretty much every button for like your, your aiming and uh, throwing the ball and you know catching and all that stuff is on the the top triggers so it's just kind of that natural muscle memory of like as a ball comes towards you you hit a trigger and grab it and then you hit another trigger to throw it back like it, it has that feel of like you know catch and release with your hands and then like the the kind of movement stuff like jumping rolling that kind of thing is on the face buttons um dodge dip dive duck and dodge yeah I think they actually make that joke in the game um but there's also, like, a lot of different ball types and stuff you can do. And, of course, like, as the trailer and everything showed, you can roll into a ball yourself so that your teammates can throw you, uh, which is a pretty cool thing. But I have a feeling this game is going to be huge. Um, and it's really fun. But I finished the trading and then actually went into, like, just a, a free roam game and immediately got bodied. Uh yeah, that sounds right. Man. Yeah, that sounds right. Like I need a little bit more of like a practice mode or something, just like against some bots. Because like in the training, it's literally just like you go from station to station, and it kind of teaches you a mechanic at each station. But there's really there's no like free tutorial that I could find. Um, that's just like you against bots that you can you know set the difficulty of and kind of like get used to the flow of the game or whatever. Um, I just had to jump into a game with humans, and yeah, it was not. It was not easy, so uh, I want to like that game more, but I think I need to play it with friends. Um, 
So I will report back when I find friends. Uh, but <laughs> friends that play the game. I, I won't be self-deprecating. I was just making a joke that y'all friends clearly don't found. want to play with me. Hey man, I, I would play if I had time. I haven't downloaded it in, like, Monster Hunter. Like, Excuses. It's it's not my fault another multiplayer game wants to take my attention away when it's hard. Uh, I mean, you're, you're like, oh, Justin, I wish you liked Monster Hunter so we could play together. Well, here's a game yeah. we could play together and you won't, so... I mean, I just have to download it. I'm not against it. Right. So. I'll actually I'll actually get the game. <laughs> Same. Burn. It's free for you. I would pay for it. That's the difference if it wasn't free. Hmm. If you were into it, I would I would get it just to play. Hmm. There's the difference. Burn. Alright. We're all friends. Yeah. For now. Um uh, but yeah, that, like it's a really fun game, and I definitely recommend people play it. And if you do, uh, reach out to me and show me the ropes. Like, I will be the ball that you, that you carry, like literally carry through the match. Uh, I just want to get some games in to like get a feel for it better. Um, yeah, and then the last thing is just a story, um, because I don't have a There's lot of games. a story mode. No, like the last thing oh. I want to talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not gaming. Um, my wife and I took a long weekend, because it's, you know, it's Memorial Day as we film this. Um, my wife and I took a long weekend and just took a little mini vacation. Like, our first time, like, leaving the, you know, vicinity of the house, really, in over a year. Uh, basically since we went to Canada in 2019 and visited Thomas. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, I live in Missouri, um... And pretty much the only thing we're known for is, like, like caves and parks. Like, got some beautiful caves and parks. And then yeah. alcohol. <laughs> uh, we're, like... I don't know about, like, popularity, but we definitely have, like, probably the most, like, breweries, distilleries, wineries in the country. Um, it's just a lot of them, like, you have to go... To the place like they don't distribute all over the country like you know a lot of the bigger names do um but i mean also like we have budweiser like <laughs> our, our claim to fame is budweiser so you know that's that's interesting um i'm just saying like there is still stuff that gets distributed from us but whatever they're you have the golden company, arches you know? no one cares about them right the golden you have the golden arches yeah st louis arches the, I mean, the arch. Yeah. Is it not too... I thought it was called the arches. You're thinking of McDonald's. No. Yeah, I'm I was okay. going to say, that sounds I'm like hungry. McDonald's then, bro. <laughs> I'm clearly hungry, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. Um, anyway. So, we decided to just take a little trip down to, like, the kind of... Uh, St. Genevieve, which is like a little kind of mini wine country. Um, it's like somewhat near the border of Illinois. Um, and on the way down there, we stopped at this uh, national park, which is beautiful. It was like a two-mile uh, two hiking trail uh, through, like, uh, some some cave systems. and It wasn't, like, actual caves, but it was, like, kind of rocky faces, and you, like, go down and through and stuff. It looked really cool. Oh, that's cool. neat. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of variety. Like, in a, on a two-mile path, like, every five minutes or so, it looked completely different. It was really cool. Um, 
And then we got to sing Genevieve, uh, checked into our bed and breakfast and stuff, and then went on a um, a haunted pub crawl. Like it was, it's basically they have like like ghost tours that they do because all of Saint Genevieve is haunted. Um, that's kind of what people know it for, aside from the wineries. And I imagine Nicolas Cage bought a house there, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, and yeah, so like the fourth Friday of every month, they take their normal ghost tour and turn it into a pub crawl. Um, and like, because a few of the stops are at like the wineries and stuff anyway, you just get to go in and have a drink and then they continue the tour. It's really cool. Um, but we start on this ghost tour and of course the second stop is our bed and breakfast. <laughs> they, they're like, is anyone staying here? I'm like, uh, Yeah. Uh, it wasn't our room, luckily. Like it's it's like the top floor that's haunted. It's not a big deal. Uh, they're friendly ghosts. Most of the ghosts in town are friendly. So, but about probably ten minutes into this like three hour tour, um, a three hour tour, <laughs> a a cat uh, followed us. Like just kind of like dude it up to our group. Um, super friendly. Just you know wanted attention or whatever. And so we're petting the cat while listening to the tour guide and stuff. Like, of course, we find a cat on vacation. Um, and, by the way, the story does not end with, and here's the cat! <laughs> uh, I, we did not take it home. Um, it was a ghost cat. Yeah. Uh, but, so yeah, we, we start petting this cat. It's very friendly. Um, tour guide finishes up, keeps walking. We go on to the next stop. Cat follows us to the next stop. <laughs> Two hours later, the cat is still with us. Wow. It it stayed with our group the entire time. Like we would go into uh into the locations like that were, you know, the, the drink stops or whatever, and we'd have like half an hour to go in and uh and like get a drink and, you know, visit and just kind of see because they're all like kind of, you know, historical, cool old buildings. Um, that they've set up in. And we do our thing, and then go outside, and the cat would be waiting there for us. It's like, alright, let's continue the tour. And we're just doing along. Like, every now and then it would get behind, and it would, you know, run to catch up. Uh, we'd cross the street. Like, you know, we're, there's not a lot of traffic in this small town, but we'd cross the street and kind of make sure that no cars were coming, and then like, come on! Come on! And the cat would run across the street with us. Um, we ended up naming him Ghost because, you know, of course. Uh, so we'd be like, come on, Ghost! Keep up! And we finished the tour at the final location. Um, it was basically like, you know, this is the end. You can go in, you know, go into the bar, uh, have a drink, chat, and whenever you're ready, you know, go home. Like, they'll, they'll stay open as long as you want. And we went inside, had our drinks, and Ghost, like, hopped up in, in the window from the outside and was looking in. Like, how dare you? <laughs> I can't go in there. I'm how dare to, you? I'm starting to think that this this cat was possessed by a ghost. Who right? Just, I just want to drink. I just want to drink. Well, that's the thing. I am cursed to um, not drink. This final stop, there was, uh, there was supposedly a ghost that, uh, like, basically lived upstairs. And would kind of mess with it because it was a, it was a restaurant bar with like a B and B up top, um, 
And so the ghost would like kind of mess with people that were staying in the rooms, especially his room, um, his old room. I mean, like you know when he was alive. And uh, his name was Larry, um, Larry the ghost, and he wore this flannel shirt that was like his uniform to work every day, basically. And I guess after he died, like they kind of kept everything. You know, it was, it was there was a lot of shady circumstances behind the deaths in this town, um, like a lot of like unrequited love and things like that where like the you know supposed murderers got off innocent um weird stuff and so they kept everything the same it sounds like the plot for jojo part four that's a very specific reference and i don't understand so i'm going to move on <laughs> <laughs> um and they they kept everything the same for a while but like one of the workers at some point like threw away larry's flannel and after that, like, weird stuff started happening. Like, he was mad that they threw away his, his favorite shirt. And he started, like, slamming doors and all this stuff upstairs. Um, and I guess at one point, like, they... Uh, they had a bottle in the wine rack that just, like, flew across the restaurant and exploded. Like, it's... They, they, they caught it on camera. Um... And so, like, they started just, like, leaving a placemat out every night uh, with, like, you know, an empty plate, an empty glass of wine. Like, just the the, the setting that Larry was used to in this restaurant uh, to make this him happy. This spot is reserved for scary Larry. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, as long as, as long as he had his place, he wouldn't bother anyone. Um, so, you know, maybe, th- maybe this cat was just Larry. He just wanted to go along in the tour and hang out with us. I mean, he was orange. He was kind of, like, flannel-colored. But yeah, it was really weird. It was, it was a fun little trip, but... I've, I've never seen a stray cat follow an entire group of people for three hours like that. Possessed cat! <laughs> Do-do-do-do-do. Possessed cat. Um, but yeah, that's my story. Like... Because I was I was gone most of the weekend, I, I haven't really played much of anything. So, I'm sorry to fail you on the game front, but I hope I at least had an interesting story to share. <laughs> that was fun. Hopefully, when we all cross our fingers, be able to go to San Antonio for that weekend, uh, we can create similar memories um, and yeah. you know go to the zoo and see animals and shit. We're yeah. planning a trip to San Antonio for no reason, just because I want to go somewhere, and it's not that expensive to go to San Antonio or for stay you. there. So. For for me, for me, me and Tyler, probably. for me, but you know, yeah, you know. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to report on, dude? Uh, is there any wine that you tasted that you would recommend to the peeps who visit Saint Genevieve? Oh, I mean, like our our favorite winery is probably Crown Valley, um, and they're one of the more well known ones. Like, I don't know if they have national distribution, but I see them all over the place. Um, uh-huh. They at least get around Missouri. But see, I'll, it was a really cool. You're gonna, life. you're gonna learn. That I act like a fool, and you're like, "Why the fuck did I come here? Why is he embarrassing me so much?" Like, uh, with okay. alcohol well, or without? Without, dude. I don't need alcohol to be an embarrassment. Are you kidding me? Right. I act like a goofball regardless. No, I mean, I, I remember the few times you have drank around us, and it's. It's embarrassing in other ways, so I, I didn't know which one you meant. <laughs> no, I'll, I will. I will. I don't. I, I don't. I'll, I don't drink in public. That's a big no-no. But 
I will act like a fool and embarrass you. <laughs> just, I only drink in public. Just, I feel like the opposite I, is a no-no. Either that, either I'll be like out loud and, and like amazing. I'll be like, "Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Let's go over there. Let's go see the monkey." You know, very quiet. What's going on, guys? Oh, there was like one of the stops on the on the ghost tour was this really cool meadery. Like they they make different kinds of mead, um, which is basically like a kind of a honey wine. And it was a super cool place. It was like this uh, this lesbian couple that were like chemists. And so, like, they, you know, they just loved, like, messing with the flavors and, like, making unique combinations and things. Um, Did they have chemistry, though? <laughs> yeah, they seem, they seem pretty good together. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to beat you. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, they had all kinds of good varieties. The, the one I wanted the most wasn't there. It was, like, a, like a coffee caramel vanilla thing that sounded really good. Um, that sounded like something you would drink. Yeah, but uh, I brought home a growler of their uh, their root beer mead, like just basically alcoholic root beer. But it's kind of got that like honey mead flavor to it too. It's super good. That's what I'm drinking now. Honey root beer. That's interesting. Yeah, or honey alcohol root beer. It's very tasty. Because hmm. I just, I wanted something in a growler. Like there was a, it was a cool bottle, um, and they could only do the things they have on tap. And the special at the moment was root beer. So why not? Um, and then we also passed by a church uh, that was represented by um, Pastor Vader, which I had. A yeah, good that was. Wow. We were like um, like for, uh, fairly tipsy on the way back to the B and B, and passed by a sign that said Pastor Vader, and just had a good old laugh. Yeah, right across from the attorney district's office. Bend over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's an unfortunate last. Thing. I was I was showing uh, all the the pictures from the trip to my mom, and she's like, "Why do you have a picture of a of a church board?" And I was like, "You won't understand, but it's because his listen. name is Pastor Bader." And she just looked at me like, "I can't believe you're my son." <laughs> you fuck you fucking child. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, reminiscing about my Chicago trip from the first time I went three years ago, uh, just looking at the, looking at those photos. Um, Chicago is a fun city. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Just yeah. Yeah. As long as you just gotta be careful. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't drive. My friends drove. I didn't drive, so it was fine. Um, But uh, okay, well that's cool, Justin. Glad you had a good Memorial Day weekend. Um, That's awesome. Uh, Tyler, what have you been up to, dude? I honestly haven't done a lot of gaming, honestly. (laughs) Uh, Literally, the only thing that I've been doing this week is uh, grinding on. uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory. Yes, that is still a long title. They really need to trim that down. Um, all the main party members are now mega level, aside from one. But uh, the big one is uh, the one that represents me, uh, which was Wargrammon last week, is now a Gallantmon. Yes. I, now ha- I am now officially a royal knight of the team. Yeah. And I didn't stop there because... After a bit of grinding uh, with a little trick I found uh, involving uh, two pieces of poop that let you level up way faster than normal, what? Um, I leveled a Gallantmon up to Gallantmon Crimson Mode, the first ultra of the entire team. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Ben, but uh, you know how Megas are like the big, strong Digimon. Like, yeah. That's as strong as they can get, right? Pretty much, Well, yeah. there's a level... There's a level beyond that. In There's a level beyond! 
Yep. <laughs> it's called Ultra. Uh, it's reserved for uh, big bads like uh, Omnimon, uh, a few... I think Sasanoumon is one as well. And, uh, yeah, that's the first one I've gotten up to, and Crimson Mode is pretty fucking powerful, all things considered. Uh, for one thing, uh, its intelligence is a bit further ahead than Justin Seraphimon, so they're more or less tied when it comes to, like, magic attacks, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and he's also no Soch when it comes to physical attack either, so it's pre- it's the best of both worlds. Uh, I've also gotten low up to uh, another uh, royal knight uh, known as Leopardmon, which has a which is basically a lion knight dude uh, that not only has like a humanoid form, but you could also uh, transform it into his altered form, which is pretty much full lion mode. Like it just looks like uh, the tiger's sword from Mighty Morphin. Nice, except brown. Like tiger power. <laughs> yeah, right. Brown Tiger Ranger Power. Did you name him Low Perdmon? No, it's still Nero the Hero. Uh, I named everyone after their uh, online tags. Gotcha. Just to keep it simple. And speaking of that, uh, I added a new party member. Uh, it is now a Kaiser Greymon who uh, who is named Verified Kale, uh, nice. named after Verified Esports himself. <laughs> I figured since he's going to be one half of. Uh, the big bad Chad known as Susanoamon, it may as well be him. Nice. Uh, also, speaking of upgrades, uh, Rosemon has an uh, alternate form as well. And uh, I got it mar- the Marvelous Iggy up to Rosemon Burst Mode. You have which, to show uh, me that. I need to see that. Yeah. It's pretty much just Rosemon, except uh, the uh, pink petals are now all completely white. Ooh. And uh, she has an attack that's. Uh, her special attack in regular Rosemon, she just had a thorn whip, but uh, in burst mode, she she blows a kiss and seven beams of light shoot out at once. It's pretty neat. Nice. And uh, yeah, uh, what else did I put on there? Um, I got Thomas up to War Greymon, and I'm working him up to Omnimon now, so that's gonna be cool. Uh, I. Th- I think that's about it for the main party. The only thing I'm missing is uh, I have a Lady Devimon uh, named after uh, the lovely artist that uh, did my thumbnail art, Hades Hell Art. Uh, I'm working her up to uh, to a Lilithmon, which is probably the best uh, intelligence attacker in the entire game. Uh, you'll have to look up a picture on that because I'm pretty sure Lilithmon's design is against TOS. Oh no. So... Yeah, Digimon can can get there. Mm. Yeah, it gets lewd, <laughs> for sure. Especially with these later uh, games. Isn't it like a kid's thing now? Pulk- it was at first. Oh. But it was. Then as- then Renamon got introduced and all hell broke loose. The thing is, Renamon isn't even that bad. The internet just it has to go to horny jail. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the internet made her that way. Do they have yeah. a dick chariot, though? Uh, no, but they have poop monsters. That's yeah. the closest that they got to that. So Persona I'm a sca- I'm a scatmon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure scatmon is a thing. That probably And is. I would definitely I would definitely name it scatman if that was the case. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another thing. Uh, 
the thing that was helping me grind this entire time. Uh, you remember Numemon and Sukumon, right, Ben? Uh, the poop monster and the little slime ball that throws their shit? Uh, there are platinum versions of uh, those dudes, and uh, basically how they work is they have an inherent skill that increases uh, the amount of experience you gain in battles if they participate. So I have them both in battles and just have one of uh, our big Chadmons just uh, deal with fodder, and everyone else in the party just gains a shit ton of experience, literally. And yeah, uh, that's my advice if you want to get into Cyber Sleuth. Uh, get up to Platinum Sukumon or uh, Platinum Numemon, and uh, they'll net you a butt-ton of experience. It's ridiculous. Okay. I did just the buy the... Is they're... Yeah, they're pretty easy to get if you, uh, if you follow a specific uh, evolution route as well. And the requirements are really aren't that uh, aren't that strict either. Like all you have to do to get uh, platinum Numamon is get an ultimate up to sixty five, which isn't that hard to do, especially if you have platinum Sukumon on hand, which is also really easy. And there are also ones that uh, give you more money during battles, uh, scan more data for you to get more party members. You know all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much been it for me. I've just been, uh, working on the next Tiger Shoes review, which should be coming out in the next week or so. Nice. And, uh, work. So, yeah, that's it for me. Alright, cool, awesome. Uh, I know I don't typically try to talk about the games I've been streaming, but I have to talk about how much I'm in love with the Mass Effect 1 remaster. Uh, God, it's so good. And yesterday, this is how stupid I am. And maybe I should have realized it was a, it was an option to begin with. I was playing through the Pharos mission, uh, which is basically the big plant monster, which I freaked out on stream about. Um, it got it was a little. I noticed like when I was playing it, man, it's a little hard to see. Let me turn up the brightness. And I went to the settings, and I went to the options menu. I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. Uh, resolution or frame rate? So I I had been running the game at 30 FPS just from the start, not realizing it, thinking, oh, this is fine. It's a game I remember. And I was like, well, let me turn on frame rate because I actually would have liked to have better frame rate than the high resolution because my TV is good. It's a good TV. I've had it for 10 years this, this starting this year. Very good TV. Um, but it's 1080p. It's perfectly fine. It's, I don't need res super high resolution to notice everything. So I turn on the higher frame rate. Oh, my God. Mass Effect 1 in 60 FPS was fucking weird. I was like... Good weird. I'm like, what the hell? So now I'm just playing the game like that. It was it was like a, literally playing it with 30 FPS wasn't bad by any means. It just it was like, oh, okay, everything feels normal. I'm like, this is nice. But now it feels like I'm playing a whole new game. Uh, in, in all honesty, combine that with the better It's kind of like me when uh, the PS4 version of Kingdom Hearts came out and that was boosted up to 60 FPS. Like that was weird at first and I can't imagine playing the game any other way. Nice, yeah. So it's, it's really cool. The mass... I'm... I mean, the game was already, like, it, there's only so much they could do with the base code. Like, the AI is not that great, but God, they, they did a, such a great job making the Mass Effect 1 remaster look better and just play better overall. And it's up to you how much you're going to get engaged in the story. Me, I love it, so it's fine. And it's fucking streamed another almost four and a half hours of that, which <laughs> I didn't think was possible for me to do, but... I don't want to. I only, the only reason I stopped because I was literally nodding off from like tiredness from work. Like it just hit the the the. I hit the wall. I'm like, okay, 
Let's stop. I don't want to fall asleep on stream and then wake up at like 3 in the morning in my chair. I'm like, what happened? Oh, shit, I've been live this entire time. Um, yeah, and say dog. something. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the Snoop Dogg effect. Yeah, exactly. So Mass Effect, Mass Effect is a good fucking remaster, like seriously. Um, so I'm, I, my pessimistic mind was like, how, how is EA going to fuck this up? And so far, I, I mean, if it, if it would have fucked up, we would have heard about it by now. You know, through all the various, you know, channels. But so far, nothing. People just rave about it. So that's good. Um, outside of that, I, I'll confess, I'm turning into a Monster Hunter professional player. I can't stop playing this game. Uh, me and Thomas have been playing it a lot lately. Um, last week, uh, we officially hit Hunter Rank 7, which is like the highest like official rank you can get. You can go beyond that. But in terms of like, that's like the echelon. Like you made it to the top. It's to the top. It's such a, like, now we're getting new armors and better weapons, and uh, now we found a way to get money faster, so, like, it's just a fun game to play. Like, it, like the grind doesn't feel that bad, because I'm still whooping ass. It doesn't take that long for me to, like, okay, I'm going to fight this specific monster three times. Uh, it's fine, because I'm just, I may or may not get something, but I'll get something. Um, and I can use that for other things. Uh, but, uh, we unlocked Hunter Rank 7, and then the first monster we get is a fucking spider monster. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, it, it, oh, it's all dangly, but the cool part is that it's, it covers its tendrils in its own webbing, and you can basically break that off, like a piece of armor. And, uh, if, again, if you're not, if you're an arachnophobe, you may not want to fight this fight. Um, there's points in the fight where... You'll it it'll it's it'll, it'll wrap its webbing around its thorax, so it has, basically has a huge ass. And there's no satisfaction than to like hit it and just have it like deflate like a ball. Like, uh, it's it's great. Um, it even the crazy part is I love the sort of like natural. Uh, they they Capcom really does a good job making these things feel like animals for the most part, even though they're all, they're like have fire powers or electrical powers or ice powers or stuff like that. Uh, like you'll see. Throughout the game, it's young throughout certain levels, namely the lava caverns. But it's it, it'll fight, uh, it'll have its young with it when it fights. So it'll occasionally throw out its young, and then use the young to like drag it towards that its position. It's really cool. It's a very spectacular, visually spectacular fight. Again, if you're an arachnophobe, you may not, you may want to like either bear through it. Or maybe just just not do that mission. It's now I'm just reminded of arachnophobic Spider-Man. Yeah, it's... every time he sees a spider, he's like, ah. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty much that. Um, not as quite terrifying, but it's it's still a cool boss fight. Um, yeah. Uh, and me and Thomas did a, a a rampage quest before that. It's against the Wind God Abushi. It got this game gets nuts, man, and I I love it. Um, as a first time experience with Monster Hunter, getting to fight these bigger and bigger monsters, it's such a thrill. Um, and again, I I don't like the rampages solo, but doing them with Thomas or even other people, it's such a fun part. It's so cool. It's it's basically tower defense, but way more exciting. Um, Yay! Uh, besides that, I played a little bit more Blasphemous. I'm starting to get to the point where like I'm backtracking now, and like oh okay, I realize I can get this. Like um, early on, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Here's a tip for Blasphemous if you can if you play it. Uh, early on in one of the areas, you can get a key. Uh, or in, in the beginning area, you'll find you'll, it'll, there's a room It says you can't enter without the key of this thing. You'll know what it says. I'm not going to repeat it because all the things, labels, and blasphemous are like super long and religious, so I'm not going to bother to remember them. But it asks you for a key. 
not that long after, you can go find like this shop guy. He sells the key. So don't do what I obviously. I, I'm not going to know it's that for that because that was like a while ago. That was like four hours ago, or at least three hours ago. So I'm not going to remember that off the top of my head. So I keep seeing these little like red dots form everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck is that for? And then I fi- and then I find out, oh, it's like this. It's like this uh, augment thing that you can equip that basically allows you to see extra platforms. So I'm like, that's cool. So now I've, now basically I'm backtracking through other areas to get like extra secrets and stuff like that. So it's it's a fun time, uh, considering that a certain game was like announced in development this week. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night Two was like okay, we're we're making it now, um, and how famously I was dissatisfied with that game because of, mostly because of its crafting system. Like this is the game I wanted. Uh, Ritual of the Night to be like you know cool straight upgrade cool interesting visual looking world stuff like that very cool gameplay versus Ritual of the Night felt like I was stopping and starting before I even wanted to do anything it just never it never hit for me um, despite its horrible imagery and I say that with all the best praise in the world it's such a fun game to, to trek through um, I did fight the weirdest boss though I go into this room thinking, all right, what am I going to fight? Next thing I know, I see this giant baby. It's a baby. I'm assuming it has no eyes because it has a bandana over its eyes. You can see blood coming out of its eyes. It's very disturbing. And it'll cry like a real baby. Like, yeah. I'm like, and it it can actually command grab you and kill you one hit. You can dodge it. Like, if you don't dodge it, well. I'm just imagining a baby doing a spinning pile driver now. Uh, it does. I think it just squishes you to death. From what I remember, because I let it, I let it happen to me once. I was like, I wanted to see what it does, but yeah, it's this. It and it's it's ensnared by this tentacle, like the centipede monster. Like they really, whoever designed these this world environment and these creatures, and they really went all out with it. And I feel like it's a little too much sometimes for my sanity. To the point where like, okay, you know what, we're we're done for the day. I don't I don't need to see this horrific imagery right now. But it's such a good game. It really is, and it's not as hard as it pertains itself to be, in all honesty. Sometimes it's, and I don't even think it's that unfair. Um, outside of that, uh, I played some Tomb Raider. Um, very, so didn't really do much. I, I got to the point where um, uh, you kind of, every basically everything started again. You're getting your equipment. It's establishing the rules of... Uh, 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 of everything again. I did a side quest, and I think I did a shrine. Um, it definitely feels more open. Like um, it doesn't feel as I don't. I wouldn't want to say gated is the right word, but like everything feels like much more seamless into the world and how things breathe in. Um, but I didn't really get farther than that, honestly. Not. I don't know if it's maybe because I played the first two back to back, and maybe diving into the third one right away was a mistake. But I just haven't had any motivation to go back to it. I tried to do that today, and it just didn't happen. But I blame that on Monster Hunter. Excuse me. I blame that on Monster Hunter. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's all I've been trying to think about. Played anything else of of note recently? No, that's that's it for me. I haven't really played much of that outside of that. So, I th- I think with that we're gonna take a break and we're gonna talk about the news. And then we'll be back, dudes. Hold on tight. Go, go, Power Rangers. Welcome, everybody, back to the Charge Shot Games cast. It is the news portion of the show, and we got a packed news show for you tonight. Even though E3 is right around the corner, 
Unfortunately, we have to start with some sad news for Justin because the Metroidvania uh, sequel that he's been waiting for has been officially delayed to the second half of 2021. When it was already been delayed, it was supposed to come out last year, but probably because of the pandemic, uh, and probably because of the pandemic for this reason is why it's delayed. Uh, this is coming courtesy of IGN. Axiom Verge has been delayed a second time out of its intended early 2021 release window. It is now scheduled for quarter three, 2021. As a make good for the new second, uh, as a make good for the second delay, Dev Thomas Happ will release a making of documentary about Axiom Verge online for free. Watch the full documentary on IGN in the embed. IGN can confirm that IGN Axiom Verge to slip through 2021. It's released into quarter 2021. Developer Thomas Hap couldn't share too many details with the delay, but the game will be better for the additional time. Plus, Hap can't uh, can avoid burnout and crunch by pushing the release date a bit. The newly released documentary was filmed and directed by two player productions, the team behind the Double Fine Adventure documentary, among other video game docuvids. The documentary was originally released on Blu-ray disc, including in the Axiom Verge Multiverse Edition, as well as goddamn ads. Um, <laughs> documentary, um, uh, Multiverse Edition was a separate purchase on Steam, and of course, it links to the. Uh, and yeah, so that that's kind of unfortunate that Axiom Verge Two, Justin's most anticipated sequel of all time next to Breath of the Wild Two, has been delayed to the second half of this year. Justin, your uh, thoughts? My most anticipated sequel sequel is actually Metroid Prime Four. Um, oh, the game doesn't exist. Okay, got it. No, <laughs> actually, Prime that one actually does. Doesn't yeah, that's exist, right. Allegedly, Metroid Prime Four technically does. exists. Yeah, that yeah. thing does exist. Um, Trilogy does not exist. But that's beside the point. Um, There's been listings popping up. Just saying. Yeah, I know. This is bum. Get your hopes bummer. Up. This is a bummer. But bum bummer. It's not surprising. I mean, when he originally delayed it, I thought I like I thought the thing was basically delayed by a year, which it was planning for like fall 2020. So I was expecting it Q3 2021 already. So when I saw this news about it being delayed, I was like, oh. Okay, so now it's coming out when I thought it was anyway. Like, that's fine. Nice. <laughs> um, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize originally that it was delayed until like now. But obviously, it's not coming right now. So this isn't surprising to me. Okay, nothing but wrong the with waiting a little bit cool. I need to watch it still, but it seems cool. Yeah, that, that is really cool. Um, Tyler, have you played Axiom Verge? I don't know. I have not. I've seen a bit of it, and I do like the idea behind Metroidvanias. I just suck at them, so... I see Verge is very I'll probably uh, give the first one a shot. Yeah. Like, I think I see Verge does the best job at making you feel stronger as you go. Because it's one of those where, like, you will die a lot early on. But by the end, you have so many cool abilities and stuff that, like, actually the final boss wasn't that hard. Uh, oh, okay. so I guess I'm just I guess I'm just trashed and either that I didn't explore enough, but I still enjoyed the game regardless. Um Yeah, I definitely can I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a, it's a bit sad, but there's plenty of games to play. Hell you could probably replay Axiom Verge One uh in time uh before the second game comes out, which it's not yeah. that it's not that long of a game. Also get ready for Tyler, get ready for Nightmare Fuel the game. Um on a whole, uh, or at least HR Giger Nightmare Fuel, I should say. There's there's some brutal bosses okay. both in design and difficulty. Um, yeah, I've kind of been thinking about replaying it, so maybe I'll do that before the new one. All right. So, from... I, I can't think of a transition to this, so fuck it. Dead Speaking by, of one spook to another... One, yeah, one spooky game to another, I guess. That works. We're getting a crossover that 
nobody expected, and that is Dead by Daylight meets Resident Evil. Um, It looks like, from what I understand, Nemesis, Jill Valentine, and Leon S. Kennedy are all coming to Dead by Daylight, the acclaimed horror game where basically you either play as a... a, What what is isometric? Is that the word, right? No. What's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? This the Dead by Daylight's gameplay. Let's oh, asymmetric. Asymmetric. There you go. I knew it was. I was confused something. what you were trying to get at. Yeah, it's a- asymmetric, asymmetric game where it's a killer versus four survivors. Right, and so now it looks like you can either be. I'm assuming Jill and 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 uh, Leon will be part of the heroes team. Yeah, uh, you can pick them as heroes, and then Nemesis Stars. will Stars. be uh, a. Uh, a, a monster you can play, which yeah. that'll be interesting. How Nemesis plays in this game, I don't know. If, I don't remember if there's any details. I've got a like my friends play Dead by Daylight a lot, and um, I play with them sometimes. And so, like, they were detailing all the information that came out from this. Like, some of the uh, they're also using this new season of content as like a major uh, patch opportunity, like changing up some of the gameplay and you know the way like nerfing and buffing and all that stuff. Um, so there's some pretty substantial changes coming along with this, but I don't remember all of them. Um, but I don't think they announced, like, the perks and abilities and stuff that Nemesis has yet. At least um, not in that trailer. That Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. Because the main thing I was seeing, like, you know, pre-announcement uh, of what's actually going to be in this pack, we knew a Resident Evil crossover was coming, but we didn't know who. And so, like, there was people saying, like, oh, I wish, I hope it's going to be the Tyrant or, you know, Lady D or, like, something a little bit more unique than Nemesis. Like, a, um, I mean, I even saw people saying Wesker, but that would have been stupid. Um, Is it, though? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the little Quaker dude from Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I was trying <laughs> to think of, uh, what's the, like, the final boss in Resident Evil 4? Um. It's a big, gigantic, like, lobster monster, dude. Right, but I mean, like, the guy. Yeah, Krauser, I think his name is? Yeah. Yeah, or, um... Yeah, he's just a dude in a robe. That's it. The... He doesn't get scary until, like, you're fighting him in his, like, monster form. I don't know, he's got some weird tentacle stuff going on. Um, or the, the dad guy from, like, the second one or whatever. Uh, uh you mean Broken. Seven? No. Birkin. Oh, yeah, Birkin. him, him, Birkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, like, there was a lot of good options, and of course they went with the most obvious one, Nemesis. But I am curious how we'll play. I think that that tentacle coming out will be a big part of it, um, which is interesting. But, I mean, yeah. Jill and Leon, like, they, they were a shoe in of course. But yeah. every killer has their own set of unique perks. Um, hmm. So it'll be interesting to see kind of, like, what they append to them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This this is cool. Like, this is the first time I'll probably actually like get the the DLC pack for these characters. Like, I never play Killer, but I like the the heroes here, and I don't know. I want to support it. You can cool. grab Claire or not Claire, uh, Jill with Nemesis Tentacle. That's his perk. It only works against Jill. Mm. Of course, stars. You know, for the fans. Yes, for the culture. Um, 
That's that's really cool. I won't play Dead by Daylight. I've seen it played. It's not my game. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe I'm if not I'm coerced enough. To, yeah. Maybe if I'm coerced enough to to do it, I'll play it. But I would only do it just to play as Jill. That's it. Because Jill is not enough. Not in not enough video games, and she's a queen, and she deserves to be treated as such. I mean, there's Tyler. already some good crossovers. Like they've got uh, some Silent Hill characters in there, and I'm uh, aware. There's. Laurie I watch Stroh a small anime Halloween. shark. Um, I watch Ash. a, uh, yeah, I watch a small anime shark girl play it. So I'm aware of all of what's in there. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, it's just the game. It's it's gameplay is just not something I'd find interesting for too long. Yeah. Um, Tyler, are you gonna play Dead by Daylight with this with these uh, revelations? I might give it a shot if uh, you guys are up for it. Uh, this is the kind of game I can only see myself playing with friends. Oh yeah, I don't play it by myself. Otherwise, probably a hard pass. Alright, so so while one thing starts, it seemingly another thing might be ending, and that might be Masahiro Sakurai's career in video games, but for sure, his column in Famitsu. Uh, this is coming from Silicon Era. Uh, Masahiro Sakurai, the director of games such as Kirby and Super Smash Bros., is reportedly considering early retirement. He's also discussed his plans to end his popular Famitsu column after the release of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Last Two Fighters. Sakurai stated that he would likely be ending the column this year at the latest. Uh, the news comes from Sakurai's thinking about video games column from Mitsu, the Smash Director's column, has gained significant popularity since its inception in 2003. It was also collected into a series of books and published independently. Through it, Sakurai has talked about everything video game related from his decision to not include Rex and in Smash to his thoughts on the Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077 refund controversy. The Smash Director mentions that the thought of retirement came during a during Golden Week, that is when he began thinking about his life after creating video games. Specifically, Sakurai stated that he is has a certain fondness towards the idea of early retirement. Everything must come to an end at some point. Sakurai stated at the most recent column, he as he had that he feels it's okay to work as hard as I can right now while I can, even if it means makes me very busy. Back in 2020, Sakurai also nearly suffered a major injury due to exhaustion and dehydration. Regar- regarding his personal Famitsu column, Sakurai stated that he is thinking of ending it after all of. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate DLC releases two more fighters slated to release, and the column will likely end within the year. After their release, additionally, he clarifies that the end of his column doesn't mean he won't be invited in game-related work in the future. So, Masahiro Sakurai considering early retirement. Um, I knew I, I've never early read the. Point. I mean, he's like it would be early considering how how long. Look at Shigeru Miyamoto, who's still in game development still. He's only like forty something. That would be considered early. No, he's older yeah. than that. He's like in the, he's he's either in his mid to late forties or his fifties. He just looks really young. But, I mean, I think like the fact that he's considering retirement. I like like the joke going around is like, oh, he need, we, he needs 50. to he needs right. to, yeah, he's he's relatively young. Um, you know, he he definitely whatever lotion he uses, he definitely takes care of himself for sure. I mean, yeah, he looks um, young. I just thought, like, you know, with his health problems and stuff lately, I thought he was, like, 60. No. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, honestly, I, I... Look, listen, I... I Smash Brothers is, is a is a tentative thing when you talk about it, but considering the roster we already have, and as much as it would be a goldmine for Nintendo just to keep releasing characters and character packs and character packs... I feel like at some point we have to get off this train and like move on, like either port the yeah. port it or like just no more fighters and stuff like that, because you just can't keep going like this. 
Like, I mean, money-wise, you could, but I feel like Nintendo's just, that's just not their style. Um, but, you know, I just want Sakurai to do what he does best. I do want to know if his book has been published in English, because I would like to read that. I did not, I did yeah, not know. that would be a really interesting read. Yeah, I did not know that he had this article in Famitsu, because, I mean, it's mostly ja- it's Japanese, so how would I know? I didn't, unless it gets translated yeah. by fans over here. It... It is interesting, though, that, like, he would consider retirement without having made anything to Smash Bros. for the last, like, 15 years. Well, he's worked on a few Kirby games as well, and he also directed Hitacurus Uprising. When was that, though? 2020. That was 2013. Yeah, 2013. okay. So I guess, like, about 10 years. That's fair. But, like, I feel like he would want to go out on, like, one final title that's, like, just his. Yeah, I I can see that. I mean, I get that. I mean, like, I mean, that would be. I would assume that would be Smash. Like this, I, how, how do you top this game? Smash like, this, is, this, is Nintendo's though. Like they've forced a lot on him. Anything like anything, he, but he's always been in Nintendo. Like I don't, I don't like. I what, doubt what, that Nintendo would ever come up with the idea to put fucking Sephiroth in the game if Sakurai wasn't a hundred percent on board with it. You or know? I mean, they, like, he was he was the whole reason that he's in the game to begin with. True. What True. I'm what I'm saying is that I feel like if you're gonna go out, go out with this game because this is this is the this is the game. This is video game history. The game. In one package, this is video games, the video game. Yeah, in in one package that has like that's fun and like everybody's fun to play. So like, would I, I think maybe himself he would like to do something like different, like an, a solo project that's not as big heavy. Sure, but I feel like, fuck, how do you top this? I feel like this is the if this is if there's anything like a magnum opus for him, especially for the Smash series, it's this fucking game. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's here. Literally, everybody's here. Like, with the exception of like, like some diehards. Like, we're missing Shimbo Bimbo from nineteen ninety five. Everybody's nineteen ninety five favorite platformer. Ah, yes, uh, Shimbo Bimbo. Exactly. I mean, we Lost don't classic. have Jonesy from Fortnite. He's he's the he's, oh god I again I will. We don't have I Dante will. from the Devil May Cry series. That's true. He's in every I think everything else though. <laughs> um, you know, so it's fine. Yeah, I, I just hope Sakurai does uh, well for himself. He's earned it. Like, yeah. he, he's earned it. He's his pedigree spoken enough for enough. Um, he's the goat. Speaking of pedigrees, the Pokemon Company hasn't had a good pedigree over the past couple of years, but oh, uh, yeah, I didn't actually didn't mean for it to be that mean because I like Sunshine, <laughs> but it just seemed natural. Um, we have an official release date. For both Pokemon Legends Arceus, yes, I'm going to say it that way, fuck you nerds, and uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes. Um, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl will officially launch on Nintendo Switch this November of 2021, November 19th, 2021, and Pokemon Legends Arceus will arrive a couple months later, uh, January 28th, 2022. Uh, Nintendo also revealed that there will be a double pack, because of course there will be. Of both Brilliant yeah. Diamond and Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, three remakes of the 06 DS games. Uh, yeah, 
So, Pokemon Legends of Arceus is an open-world Pokemon spin-off game set in the feudal past of Diamond and Pearl Sinnoh region. Early gameplay showed a world that is reminiscent of Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, one that is filled with wild Pokemon to catch. So, yeah. Uh, nothing much to say here other than we have firm release dates. And I think that makes sense. Um, I don't know, because I feel like most people beat Pokemon, a Pokemon game, within a month or two, because they're not usually long games. And if you stick longer, it's because of the post-game meta. But I feel like that's a decent enough window. Either that, or it's they, they feel like it's going to be different audiences who are going to want this other game, that it's not going to calvinize yeah. anything. Also, it's a Pokemon company. They have uh, more money than God, so they don't need to worry about that. Yeah. More money like, than I'm not terribly excited for uh, the Diamond and Pearl remakes, even though um, I was there for uh, the original Diamond and Pearl on uh, day one. <laughs> and I do... I did enjoy those games back then. It ha- they haven't aged gracefully because chuggy frame rates. Platinum is definitely the version to go to if you want to go to Gen 4. But I think this is a decent replacement, especially since uh, if you're going out of your way to get uh, Diamond and Pearl, you're either emulating it or you're paying top dollar for DS cartridges. And yeah, I feel like this is probably the better deal. Obviously, Legends Arceus is the most interesting of the three. Yeah. Uh, because it's literally just Breath of the Wild Pokemon. And uh, I do want to see more of that game. It does look a bit interesting. I'm sure it'll be at A3. Are we... Uh, not necessarily. Pokemon has not had a history of having a presence at E3, so we may not see it. I feel like this would be the... Probably not Diamond and Pearl, but I think this would be a game they would show off. Well, maybe that'll go into our bingo card for next week. So Yeah. Um, are we at all concerned that... Uh, Pokemon Legends didn't look great in its reveal trailer, and it's coming out in less than a year. I mean, we'll have to see. It's a bit worrying. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, we are at the half life cycle of the Switch, so it could be the fact that it's pushing the Switch to its ultimate uh, limits. Uh, remember, the Switch is using like 2014, 2015 era technology, and that's been quite a while since then. So everybody keeps talking about this Switch Pro. Well, you know, it's but we haven't heard shit, so we'll see. Um, yeah. I'm not worried as long as it run as long as it runs consistently, and you know, like I mean, hell, I, like obviously we talked. I talked about how Brave Default, uh, its performance issues, um, fucked with me. So who knows? I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see more and see what the gameplay is. Like, what do you do in there? Like, that's my hook. Like. Exploration is fine, but I have to have an end goal for some reason, and this is such new territory. It's both exciting and like cautious about it because I, I want to know what I'm getting into, Science, yeah. sort of. Yeah. All right. So coming to you next year, January, November, and January. All right. So next, uh, oh, this is the uh, Monster Hunter digital event. Um, that came out so pretty much uh we have the 3.0 update those of you who don't know uh the elder dragon valstrax also known as the sky comet dragon is coming uh he's actually out now he was a high level monster in monster hunter generations ultimate um and so and then also uh zigdore aka the hardest and most annoying fight in the fucking game he's getting an apex form so get ready for that uh monster hunter rice uh versus 3.0 also adds regular quests for apex rathalos Apex Diablos and Apex Zignori to be fought outside of Rampage. Expect more monsters besides just Crimson Glow, Valstrax, and Apex Zignori, though, as the Telltale, etc. was spotted on the update slides. The previous update included the prize edition of the Hunter 
world's basil geese, which I just ran into that monster today. Oh my god, what the fuck. Um, and apparently there's new story stuff, and there's actually a roadmap, which doesn't... IGN, could you not put a picture of the fucking roadmap up here, please? Um, uh, let's see, other big addition to Rise is the new update is more solidening the Monster Hunter Rise's story through the presentation with the, with the slim details. All we know is that the Elder Dragons, Ibushi and Nara are coming together, though in what capacity is unknown. Expect a smattering of other additions, including new quests, new boss battle arena, new weapon trees, armor, layered armor and items, new skills and rampage skills, the ability to use materials to change the appearance of rampage weapons, plus bug fixes, of course. As a previous update, new premium paid cosmetic DLC comes to Hunter voices, sticker sets, poses, hairstyles, kuhu outfits, and more are being added to Monster Hunter with the 3.0 update. And there was some stuff, basically, on Monster Hunter uh, Rings of Ruin 2. Uh, there's going to be a crossover between the two where if you I think you have a code or something, uh, you can basically wear the outfits from you can, like you can get you can wear outfits in Monster Hunter uh, stories that look similar to Rise and vice versa. So that's cool. And there's other stuff too. Um, so yeah, uh, I know you guys don't care about monster. I know just I know you don't care about Monster Hunter in general. But what about Monster Hunter stories too? I don't know. Um, I never played the first one. Oh, by the way, I, I have a picture of the uh, the roadmap up. Um, nice. I I never played the first one. I've been kind of tempted to because there's a mobile version. And you know me. I need mobile games to get me through my day. Um, so I thought about grabbing that and playing it just to see. Because I assume it's the same game. It's just with, you know, touch controls and stuff. Um, like, it's still a paid title and everything. But I don't... I feel like I wouldn't get attached to it, even if it's a good RPG, because I just don't understand the Monster Hunter lore, which is really what's, like, driving the game. I'm sure they would explain the lore in the game. Yeah. But it's like... Did you know know Golden Sun lore before you picked up Golden Sun? Well, I mean, no, that was the first one. I mean, like, I, 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 based on what I've seen in the trailer, this this is going to be its own thing. Like, Final Fantasy II was its own thing. I don't know. So it seems he, to be... It, it seems to go into, like, the past. Like, you you know, you were talking about, like, oh, they're bringing in monsters, like, new monsters in this game that were only in previous games before. It's like, yeah, and, and Rise. Right. And Rise. I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's that same idea. Because there's still, like, existing Monster Hunter monsters that are being, you know like, repurposed for this new Monster Hunter Stories game. Um, but, like, to me, it's, it's like the... There's all the different card games, like uh, Hearthstone and stuff. And, like, I'm sure you can enjoy the gameplay even if you don't understand, you know, the larger lore. But, like, people that know... What is that? League of... No, that's World of Warcraft. Um, people that know World of Warcraft will get an extra appreciation of, like, understanding, you know, the, the origin of those cards and, like, the the reason they have those specific effects and things like that, like, it makes it easier to understand. I don't think it's that deep, fam. I just think it's cool monsters, uh, at least for this one. Um, but okay. Well, hopefully, maybe, hopefully you'll check it out. We'll see. All right. Uh, Tyler, what about you? Because uh, I know you, you, you play Monster Hunter. Um but you haven't been up to it as much as Thomas and I, but what are your thoughts on this yeah. 3.0 update yeah. and the roadmap and stuff like that? I might give it a shot uh, with the uh, update coming up. 
I'll have to get back into the groove of uh, hunting monsters again because that's probably the biggest draw. I just like fighting shit. So, I don't know. It's probably uh, it's probably a big way to get me back into the game. Yeah, I, and I, I like it just because it feels like now that I'm to the point where like I'm technically caught up. So like now it eventually it'll just become a seasonal game where like okay, new content's out, let's go play it and go back to it. Versus like how it's kind of like I need to play it constantly. So at some point I'll put it down. But that's cool that Capcom is is still doing is still going through it. Okay, so. Let's go to something a little bit smaller and something a little bit more European. Uh, Berserk Boy is a Sega Mega Drive-inspired platformer coming in 2022. It's announced for PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and the Xbox Series line. It's coming quarter four, 2022. Uh, the 2D retro-style action platformer is inspired by the look and feel of Sega Me- uh, Mega Drive games, but it aims to bring up-to-date to, for modern machines. And it lives up to the old mix, old new mixture with a soundtrack composed by Sonic Mania's T Lopes. And of course, there's a, tra- there's, a uh, there's a trailer below. Berserker Boy stars Key K. I'm gonna say K, a hero who can absorb the power of five elements: lightning, fire, air, and ice. Where's water? What the fuck? Using them to change forms and gain new abilities, not unlike Mega Man. The platformers, the platformers come out with 2D action. And build fluid combos, which will allow each elemental form to use a special attack. Debut Bellifer Berserk Boy Games also promises ability upgrades, alternate paths, hidden collectibles, and more. The team also promises an authentic-looking retro-inspired game. Getting the aesthetic right is absolutely paramount as a team from any player. Feedback we've had so far, we believe we're on the track for capturing that old-school Sega vibe. Says studio founder Zoo Ethisman. We want to nail the feel so it's satisfying to play and strike the right balance between fun and challenge. It's important for players to combine it. And then, of course, there's some screenshots going through here. And I won't lie, it looks definitely looks better than a Mega Drive game, that's for sure. But I definitely oh, yeah. get the the vibe that they're going for. It's a, it's like if well, what if Sega made Mega Man? And I get if that's their goal. Sega wow, Man. this. Okay, there's even okay. Sega Man. Okay, there's a, we made, okay, I jokingly made the Mega Man comparison, but there's even a fucking level here uh that looks like Flame Mammoth's stage. It's literally stage. the hi- It looks like the highway stage for Mega Man X. Yeah. No, not even that. Like there's one that looks like Flame Mammoth's stage background. Um yeah, and I and I see Storm Eagle ship as well. Wow. Okay. Okay, guys, maybe you're hitting a little a little too close. Um I mean, no, I let's see. Where's yeah, it looks cool. I'll have yeah, to see does. how it plays. Um, we can always use more indie darlings. Um, yeah, cool. We can always use, shine a spotlight on more indie titles. So, yeah, that is, it looks cool. I'll, I'll say that. I'll, I'm interested to see how it plays when it comes out uh, next year. I'm hard mm-hmm. up for solid like Mega Man clones since you know Mighty Number no. Nine was a a big stinking turd of nothing. Yeah, I was gonna say if this turns out better than Mighty Number no. Nine, then that's an A-OK in my book. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I'm also a sucker for Genesis style games anyway, so this is right up my alley. All right. So speaking of stuff that's right up our alley, Unreal Engine Five is available. Now is available now on early access, and now there's a there's a tech demo. Uh, and it uh, is according to IGN to showcase some new enhancements. Epic revealed new tech demo called Valley the Ancient. Develop Valley the Ancient. Developers and anyone uh, with a free Unreal Engine account will now be able, will be able to modify and test it as part of the Unreal 
Engine 5 Early Access. And there's a whole trailer through here. As I'm trying to talk to this ad as it plays, but I don't know how successful I will be at doing that. But who knows? Maybe it'll be over by the time I shut the fuck up. Um, Epic revealed the look, first look at the Unreal Engine 5 last year with a real-time tech demo called Luminin in the Land of Nanite. The, full, the fully playable demo showcased two key features, Lumens, a dynamic global illumination tool, and Nanite, which, these, which let artists film, import film industry quality art into Unreal Engine. There's also MetaHuman Creator, Epic's advanced creator creation tool. Um, and it kind of goes into uh, like a deep uh, dive into, like it, it literally, it really breaks it down and uh, the fact that this is the precipice of something that will be coming, it will become standard and replace Unreal Engine 4 is pretty mind-boggling. Um, just even going through some of the clips in this and seeing some of the tools how it works, it's really cool. And if you're somebody who's curious about game development, I highly recommend you checking this out. It, it looks really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool things that uh, Unreal is doing. Like I actually, I don't remember if I talked about it on the show, but I did play around a little bit with the MetaHuman Creator. Um, it was in beta access and you could like request a key or whatever and you only got an hour in it um, and it's still fairly limited as far as what you can actually make um, like the hairstyles and stuff are pretty limited but um, I made a pretty legit looking low because he was the only one of us that like I could kind of get right with the tools available um, like I sent it to him and he's like yeah that that works like that that's pretty good um it's more so, like, it's the idea of just dynamically created NPCs that look real. Like, making any one specific thing would be kind of difficult. But being able to realistically, like, take that as, you know, a, um, like a random generator and populate your whole world with NPCs that all look somewhat unique, at least. Like, the idea of that is incredible. And this kind of has the same thing... Uh, with the way Unreal Engine 5 works because um, these people can basically take like real world objects and put them into the art studio so you can take you know a texture or an actual like structure or a whole building or whatever and just drag and drop it into your world and like it's all fully rendered looks real and blends in with the rest of the world um and the way that you can just kind of dynamically like smoosh together these pre-rendered elements will really help developers and speed up the you know uh, notoriously longer development time that we've been getting with games recently. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And especially this when it bakes is... in a lot of the lighting and the shadows and things like that already into the engine. Yeah, really cool. Really cool stuff. Really cool, innovative stuff, and this is just the genesis of it all. Mm-hmm. That's the exciting part. It's it, it's it's even more fun when you see what people uh, will come up with it as it as it becomes part of the norm. Yeah. Uh, speaking just of things, start becoming, here is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of becoming part of the norm, um, there was a Dragon Quest uh, live stream, 35th anniversary, I believe, uh, for uh, for the for the series. As I became a loyal fan. With the release of Dragon Quest XI, uh, this is, there were several announcements, but this is uh, we're going to talk about mostly one of two. This is the first big one. Uh, this is a trailer for uh, a re- uh, a HD two D remake of Dragon Quest Three. And you may ask yourself, wait a minute, HD two D remake? Where have I heard that phrase for? They are remaking Dragon Quest Three using the Octopath style 
aesthetic. Which I love this just becoming a thing. Like it's just it's a type of game now, the HD two D. Yeah. Half, yeah, it's it's really cool. And Dragon Quest three is one of the like the more celebrated Dragon Quest games. I feel like they got better at the lighting uh, in this yeah. in between uh, Octopath, and then obviously the uh, the main team is working on that tri- triangle demo, that triangle strategy game. Um, so, God, the battle, uh, the yeah, God, it just looks so pretty, man. Yeah, I was gonna say I really the the thing that always kind of bothered me about Dragon Quest was the front facing battle system, like in the old games. I mean, um, I liked like eight and up because they kind of you know transitioned more to the side view, but I love that this like it kind of has that three quarters view when you're doing your actions, and then it shifts front, shows the you know the nicely animated enemies and stuff, and then shifts back to the the players. Like it's a nice combination of things. Yeah, it's it's not a long trailer, but it pretty much tells you what you're getting. And God, I I hope this is the start of Square uh, Square Enix. Basically, like we should do this for all our class. Maybe not all your classic games. Like maybe don't make me make Final Fantasy three, considering how controversial, uh, like how hard that game can be. At least the NES version was. Yeah, you know what but this like, art style like specifically. I, I know it's you know basically Octopath, but they have kind of like adjusted the art style a little bit to match this game. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, that reminds me of? What? Golden Sun. A little... Don't... Oh, I'm going to stop you right there because you're going to get your hopes up over nothing, man. Ain't have, that ain't happening. I'm just but, saying, that would be the perfect game to put in the style. That would require Nintendo for them to go like, hey, we want to use that engine. And I don't think Nintendo has any interest in reviving the Golden Sun franchise as of right now. Um, But I, mean, I will agree with you. It wasn't exclusive. At first. Uh, for a while, for a while, yeah. But that's because it was Square Enix's game, um, not yeah. Nintendo publishing it. So I will agree with you that if Golden Sun got an HD remake where it combined one and the Lost Age, I wouldn't mind it looking like this um, yeah. slightly. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I funny enough, I bought the the the, the Switch port of Dragon Quest Three last year, so I'm like, of course, fuckers. Mm. The one I buy, you remake. You could have remade five. You could have remade four. No, you remake the one I bought. Now I'm on a fucking time limit, and I hate that. Uh, <laughs> but my friend loves Dragon Quest Three. He was excited about it, uh, so that's cool. I hope. I really hope this does well in both Japan. Obviously, it's gonna do well in Japan. Fucking Japan loves Dragon Quest. And, but I hope it really does well in the States, because obviously Dragon Quest... This I think this will be the first true test to see if Dragon Quest Eleven truly made new fans. Because a lot of people play that game, and a lot of people love that game. But let's see if that sticks with the future projects like this. And, uh, do you guys have anything else to say about Dragon Quest Three HD 2D, uh, 2D HD remake? Not particularly. Nope. But let's see also if that translates to the officially announced Dragon Quest Twelve, um, the Flames of Fate. Uh, I think I think we talked about this that like they confirmed that Dragon Quest Twelve was in development. Big shock. Um, uh, it has a very uh, this is some there's a teaser trailer without any real footage, uh, but the few pieces of info that were come out were it's going to be a more darker, more adult tone. Uh, similar to what they're doing with Final Fantasy 16, um, you can make meaningful story choices, possibly leading to a branching story. No confirming on that. 
they're changing you up make the main character say fuck they're changing <laughs> up the traditional battles turn based combat system no elaboration given and no indication of release date but they're aiming for a simultaneous worldwide release date uh, and as an addendum, Hori said that it will be a new version of the current command select battles, but he said it will not be, uh, uh, but he said we will not be anything other than command select. Therefore, I don't think it will be a complete action game. For example, it could be like a new UI, like Persona 5 or a format like for, t- or for Final 12. Now, I'm not a diehard Dragon Quest fan. I'm like, or I am, but I haven't played all the games, uh, let alone visit yeah. the culture, but like, it's a very interesting road to take, considering that like Dragon Quest has been lauded as like the safe RPG. This is where you come for the old school esque experience, and like I mean, granted, Dragon Quest Eleven, for as cheery as that game is, that mo that game has some has some appropriately dark moments. So I'm curious what they mean by that in terms of it. Um, and like, how how dark are we talking? Are we going to talk like Edge Lord Dark? Are we talking about like more tangible? And like, how does that work with the Akira Toriyama art style? You know, um, a lot of questions to be asked. Obviously. Well, I was going to say I'd see it being more like an art style change, like a, a darker looking game. So see, like, I, I'm not so you know bright and cute. I'm curious to see how Dragon Quest fans will react to that, considering what the series has pretty much... For the most part, I mean, obviously I haven't played every game, but at least the big titles share a similar visual art style from all the way from yeah. 1 to, to 11. Even the MMO 10 game has has that same art style. So I'm wondering, is like, are they doing this because they realize, hey, the West is starting to like our games finally... Let's try to appeal to them more, even though historically that's never been the case, and we don't even know how many of those Dragon Quest fans. Cough, Pomerman Zero. Yeah, exactly. I don't think. Hopefully, it won't be that bad because that was just atrocious. Um, but I think it's. I think I'm not saying to be cautious, but like maybe after 11 games, they're thinking maybe it's time to change things up a bit. You know, yeah. Final Fantasy wasn't Final Fantasy forever. They made change, they made adjustments, but definitely, I guarantee you, when you hit when you put the word "dark" in something, that can mean anything. Um, so I guess we'll have to see. I I won't lie, uh, having only played one game, I like the sort of cheeriness to it, the sort of honest, like just uh, felt nice about it. Uh, but there were moments yeah. of like dread and like uncertainty and genuine tears. So like. You know, I don't, I don't know where. You, I, I guess other than to make it super violent or just to make everything less colorful, which I'm not a fan of. But we'll, not, that's neither. Nothing has been confirmed, so we'll just watch development on this as we go forward. Yeah, but they did say that it's going to be uh, created in Unreal Engine Five. Going back to that topic, um, so it's clearly not being made yet because Unreal Engine isn't available to the you know developers yet. Uh, they're still in the conceptual phase. They have the story written, and I, I, I imagine they're just building their engine and kind of planning out, like, you know, beats and stuff, so that when they can use Unreal later this year or maybe early next year, uh, they'll have a lot of the prep work done. Uh, yeah, so it'll be that's... interesting, like, to see what a Dragon Quest looks like in Unreal Engine Five. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I hope it doesn't lose the Akira Toriyama aesthetic because that's that's the game's identity visually. Yeah. Like that's a huge. If they would change that, that's a huge change. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, let's move on. Uh, as Nintendo is going esports? Question mark. Nintendo is bringing okay. Super Smash Brothers, Splatoon, and Mario Kart Eight to high school esports with new partnership, only for high school teachers to take away their students' Nintendo Switches and send them to detention. Um, Nintendo announced that it will be investing in varsity esports with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Splatoon Two, set to join popular games like Rocket League and Madden in the high school competitions in fall of 2021. Mario Kart Eight Deluxe will be added. In spring of 2022. Oh my god, being a pro Mario Kart player must sound like hell. Relying on RNG Jesus to fucking get you in sometimes. There's a lot of skill involved in Mario Kart, but eventually you're going to get fucked over by by that randomness. Uh, The initiative is part of a new deal with Play Versus, a company that has partnered with high schools around the country to create varsity esports teams. Play Versus works with National Federation of State High School Association to host and stream matches, make schedules, and compile statistics. In other words, it may still be possible to letter in a varsity Super Smash Brothers or Splatoon 2 team. What a world we live in. Bill Trennan, a senior product marketing director at Nintendo, characterizes this initiative as a first step in growing Nintendo's competitive fan base. He shies away from the terms esports, referring it to characterize as a community building initiative. Uh, prior to COVID-19 pandemic, Trennan says Nintendo of America has embarked on a large expansion of its hardware loan program. The Play Versus partnership is an outgrowth of Nintendo's desire to host more physical tournaments when in-person events are safe to resume. So, uh, obviously this is coming as a result of Nintendo's controversial like land of esports when it comes to their older games like, say, Melee and even the, the mistreatment of, of, of arms and stuff like that. How do you guys feel about this? This is a, this is quite an interesting proposition for Nintendo to partner in. I think it's cool that uh, they're bringing uh, the competitive uh, games to uh, high schools. This is something that I would have majored in if uh, <laughs> I was in high school at the time and this was happening. Like, I would have actually had a major, you know? Because video games are all I'm good at. But it's cool to have... Uh, the young people uh, have this option to lean on if uh, they don't have anything else to go by, you know? Well, I think it's it's smart from a... Like, it, it's it's obviously great for the kids, and, you know... If I had been able to do this, I might have actually, like, felt, you know, accepted in high school or whatever, um, and not had to pretend to be someone else. But I think it's smart for Nintendo side of things, too, because people are going to use their games anyway. Like, you know, illegally or not. Um, and so for them to basically get ahead of it and be like, hey, we're going to actually partner with this group and, you know, make the games available to them. It it goes a small way in uh, revitalizing their image, you know, away from that idea of, like, Nintendo doesn't play well with others type thing. Um, because they they get a lot of bad press because every time that something you know they do a DMCA takedown or or whatever it becomes big news and it's like oh Nintendo's at it again but like it's a fairly small percentage of the total and so this is good news on that side that shows that you know they they can play ball uh, so to speak that's actual sports by the way. Um, and they're not just the bullies that don't want anyone to play their games. 
Okay. I, yeah, I think I think it's really cool. Um, and hopefully, I again, it's been so long since I've been in high school, but like the idea of like, I feel like hopefully this starts normaling the condition that being competitive video games is a part thing. Because look back when we were all in high school, that was considered play video games for a varsity jacket, especially here in Texas. That would have gotten fucking you laughed at. Um, you know, considering it's a very sports uh, dominated uh, state. Um, probably even where Justin's from in Missouri, uh, just because it's a, it's a Southern culture. Oh, yeah. Um, hopefully, it changes that mindset for people as the generation moves on. Like, let the kids get a video games. Let them play video games. Like, that's what he likes. He's good at it. He socializes. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that. I feel like that's the ultimate purpose of it, and not like a fucking social status. Um, honestly, that some high school varsity players uh, will use versus like playing the sport that they have. I think it's cool. Um, I'm surprised Nintendo did it uh, first, just because like Justin mentioned of their previous issues with it. But it goes a long way. Um, but that that's cool that this this is slowly becoming the norm. And that hey, if you like video games enough and you're good enough, that's the that's the other thing. You got to be good enough to make varsity. Um, you know, so there's got there's gonna be standards. So you can't just be like, oh, there's gonna be that one kid who's like, yeah, I'm good at video games. that gets bodied and proceeds to like, eh, no, they're better than they're people better than you, kid. Yeah, um, it's also just, you know, yeah. it's one more thing to marginalize people. That's always good. <laughs> That's not my fault they suck at Smash. Get better. Get better, Scrub. Um, don't talk shit before entering, entering a, a, a thing. Um, speaking... I know you can beat me up, but can you beat me at Melee? Yeah, so... Instead of Nintendo being the bad guy this time, Sony is once again the bad guy when it comes to crossplay. Borderlands 3 was ready to allow full crossplay support, but PlayStation pulled that support. Uh, PlayStation pulled support for it. Um, and Borderlands 3 has prepared an update that theoretically enables full crossplay across all platforms, but Gearbox has been told to remove crossplay support for PS4 and PS5. Gearbox, today, uh, I'm not saying that fucker's name, explaining that there was good and bad news for Borderlands players. Uh, uh, Borderlands 3 players explained that the publisher had required the removal of PlayStation platform from crossplay support. The publisher in this instance would be 2K Games, but it's not clear if the decision's in for 2K or Sony. We know that Sony requires Epic to pay for Fortnite cross, uh, Fortnite's crossplay. It's possible that 2K has been unwilling to pay for the same privilege. It's also not clear whether this simply is a certification issue uh, and that the feature could be re-added down the line if contenting both companies for comment. Uh, Borderlands 3 already supports crossplay between console generations, Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Players can perform. Um, God damn it! Players, uh, yeah, can play together, for example. But inter-platform play is impossible. Fans have been asking for the feature since before the game came out. It seems we've come close. It's not clear if Gearbox will release the Xbox PC crossplay, uh, despite PlayStation being dropped. Sony has historically been resistant to allow multiplayer. Between its uh, player and its consoles, and those on Xbox, PC, and Nintendo platforms, but that ins- that sense you know softened recent years with the likes of Rocket League, Fortnite, and Call of Duty, all now allowing platform agnostic multiplayer. So, people play Borderlands Three still. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Sony, like, just what I, I want to believe it's it's Sony, and like they're just like, no, we don't want to play ball again. And and they just like being evil schmucks. I don't, I don't get it. Like just people already bought the game for your fucking system. They just want to play with their friends. You're not losing sales. 
Fucking enable that shit, please. Yeah, there's God. nothing consumer friendly about it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like, saying it, the people that already own this game are screwed over because they bought it on our system instead of someone else's. Exactly. You're not like like the, the, you're right. Like nobody's gonna buy a PlayStation Four or Five just to play Borderlands Two for their friends. Nobody's gonna do that. You can do that with like single player stuff, like Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Zero Horizon Forbidden West. Um, but you can't do it, you can't say, you can't think that people are going to buy your console just to play with their friends. They're not going to do that. They're going to buy whatever is available to them to play that multiplayer game. And I, I feel like at this point, at some point, we have to hit the future where, like, everything is just cross-play, mm-hmm. development-wise. development, development wise. I feel like that, like, in a post-COVID world, I feel like that, I feel like that should be, man- I feel like that has to be mandatory. Yeah. As, as Justin pets his cat. Alright, so yeah, Sony Sorry, being I'm a bad... too far away from the mic to... Sony being... Sony basically being the bad guy again. Like, I don't... I don't like Border... I don't like Borderlands at all or, or um, you know, the, the the person in charge, but I still think it's uh, pretty shitty. Randy Pitchfork. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that guy's name. Um... <coughs> Alright, so... Uh, in other news, um... Sega had their first official Sonic Central... Uh, this past week, which sort of they're basically every and everybody just can, you know basically they're sort of Nintendo S Direct. You know you have State of Play and now you have Sonic Central. I wonder if Microsoft will follow shortly by. Um, so yeah, this pretty much uh, this is everything announced. Um, so pretty much uh, the big thing is uh, is that the, the the first thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago that there is a full remaster of Sonic Colors. Uh, coming, uh, it is coming uh, this uh, September, uh, and it'll be on yes. PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC on the Epic Game Store. Sorry, Steam users, you gotta wait a little bit longer. Um, it's developed by Blind Scroll Entertainment, uh, the same people who did the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. The remaster will update Ooh. will update the game's look and feel, as well as add new features and a new mode called Rival Rush. They also announced nice. a Sonic Origins collection, which. This also has. This is. I actually think this is a pretty fair collection considering what they've done uh, yeah. in the past. Uh, this will have Sonic One, Two, Three, and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Uh, no release date has been announced, but it's coming. The fact that it has Sonic CD is is pretty cool enough. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, the probably the biggest one for me is Sonic Three because that game specifically has had licensing hell ever since uh, it's been attributed to uh, Michael Jackson for so long. Because he composed the music for that game originally before he got kicked out for the allegations made against him in the 90s. Uh, and ever since then, uh, we haven't had too many uh, re-releases of Sonic 3. So it's really cool that we're actually getting that game on modern consoles now. Yeah, you can't even... In widescreen, no less. Yeah, you can't even play it on the in the Sega Genesis Greatest Hits thing. Uh, it's not on there. Only Sonic 1 and 2 are. Uh, the only way I think you could play it technically is on a PC uh, through the... Uh, that mega hits, but that's that's it really, um, which is a fine version. Um, but uh, that, so it's it, it, the fact that it's it, you're, this is technically one of the first times you're going to get Sonic Three and Knuckles uh, complete is pretty cool. Uh, uh, My all-time favorite game, by the way. Also coming is uh, uh, coming with Sonic Colors. There are going to be a couple of animated shorts of Sonic Colors, full-on animated shorts, um, a two-part animated series featuring uh, Roger Craig Smith returning as the voice of Sonic. So. That's cool. He Yay. he was gone and now he's back. So awesome! Welcome back, Roger. Uh, that's that's super cool. 
Um, so do you think the implication is he's just doing those shorts because he's the voice for Sonic Colors? I think so. I'd also bringing in a new Sonic. I think. For, well, I mean, I think we're when they re-released the Sonic Adventure games on uh, Xbox 360 and 360. Uh, they already had the new voice cast on board from the new games, but they didn't bother redubbing those games. Like you still hear Ryan Drummond as Sonic in those games, right? So it's not really a matter of changing voice cast for the game at all. No, no, I'm saying like you know, there's there's other Sonic stuff coming too. So do you think we'll still have a yeah. new voice for those, and he'll just do the colors stuff? Yes, or that he's back Probably. back, and he'll also no. be in the new games. I think he's gone. Okay. I think he'll just maybe do a couple of, like color stuff and then that's it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's probably also that. Sonic will be available in a game called Two Point Two Point Hospital, where you can basically be a doctor, Sonic the Hedgehog, and have Knuckles costumes and Tails costumes and all sorts of Sonic memorabilia while treating patients in the hospital. Uh, also, uh, Sonic Sega announces. Uh, Sega announced that the Epic Games Store will uh, see the release of Sonic Mania on June 24th. PlayStation Now will receive Sonic Forces, Sonic Mania, and Team Sonic Racing on June 1st. And Amazon Luna... What the fuck is Amazon Luna? We'll get Sonic Mania... Amazon Cloud Gaming Service. What the fuck? Um, And uh, they did announce... We did have a little bit of information. We had Joe Kelly from the Man of Action team talking about Sonic Prime uh, for uh, for Netflix... Uh, and basically offered a short update revealing it will be a 24 episode series where Sonic must what else save the universe Sonic Prime will premiere on Netflix sometime in 2022 but the big thing that was announced we got our official tease for the next game from Sonic Team it wasn't much it's pretty much a teaser we don't have a name even though there's been leaks calling to it I will not address the leaks just because I don't want to believe them until we're here um but pretty much all we have is a Sonic running through a forest. I actually, when I saw this, like kind of playing on Twitter, I thought this was the Colors remake, um, but it's not. And I look, but Sonic looks a little like there's something forming around him, and he bursts. New visual flare, uh, and it we see like some this digital we- effects kind of yeah exactly, and in this weird I- logo. Which looks like Zap, according to some people. Um, and it just says 2022. So we have an, a, a supposed Sonic game in the work. A big three. I'm assuming this is going to be the big three yeah. Sonic game for next year. So. Yep. Hope or hope. Um, hope. I, ha- I got high hopes for this one. Uh, even though it's going to be like the first main Sonic game for like the new generation. Uh They've definitely learned their mistakes from Sonic 06. Uh, you know, don't pump out uh, a, a new Sonic game uh, for a new generation, you know. Uh, I hope they really take their time with this, in all honesty. Uh, the trailer is promising enough. There isn't much of it. Uh, what I do get out of this trailer, though, is that they kind of adapt the uh, the blue energy stuff that uh, Sonic does in the movie. So it's probably something that they're gonna adapt in the main series. Hmm. Hmm. I know what you're talking about. Um. Yeah. At the very end of the movie, uh, he gets uh this blue shit and turns Super Saiyan. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if they brought in like kind of the time displacement stuff from the movie, like how he kind of slows down and stops time. It could be a thing. I mean, Song is the fastest thing alive, so. 
being in his perspective and seeing everything move slow as ass would make sense. Yeah. And it would help with some of the, you know, the game moves too fast and it's hard to keep track of what's going on if there was like a slowdown button. Yeah, it would especially help if you're playing the daytime stages in Sonic Unleashed, for example, mm-hmm. where you go super fucking fast to the point where you just run into everything or like fall off pits or whatever. Is uh, is Sonic Colors worth picking up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not a long game, but it's de- like it's definitely a fun Sonic game. Like it, okay. it doesn't it doesn't have the weirdness three D that the three D games have. It's mostly a two D game, in all honesty. But it, it's a good 2D it's, game. It's a, really good, it's a really good return to form for Sonic, mm-hmm. because this came after the dark times of Sonic 06. Sonic Unleashed took a step in the right direction, but it also made the Werehog step, mm-hmm. which is kind of a misstep in most people's eyes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to go for Sonic Colors, uh, either uh, play it on the original Wii, or uh, wait for the remaster. Because I imagine that it's gonna look dang pretty. Yeah, yeah I'm not this, playing it on the Wii. Yeah, I, I have it for uh, for for Wii and Wii U. That's how I first played it. It's it's a really fun game. Again, it's not super long. It's a, it's a Sonic game, so it's not gonna be. It's it's not like it's probably in terms of three D Sonic efforts. It's probably the shortest, but it's definitely quality uh, over quantity. That's for sure. Um, and yes. I, I I'm interested to see what uh, extra bonus content that they add for this new game. Um, yeah, Sonic College is definitely good. Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for Sonic or this new Sonic game just because the last couple of times Sonic has team uh, Sonic team actually hasn't been hitting it out of the water. Um, look at forces. No. So like I'm I'm gonna be cautious. Sonic Lost World. Yeah, Lost World. I mean, Lost World was fine. It was okay. It wasn't terrible, but definitely not like the step you wanted to take after Generations. Um, Lost World everybody... wanted to be Mario Galaxy. I don't think so. See, I, you yeah. say that, but I don't, like, visually, yeah, but gameplay is, I don't think so at all. Um, it, yeah, it's way different. Yeah, I think I just think they wanted to do something different with Sonic, and they probably took inspiration, but I would say, gal- like, copying Galaxy is a stretch. Um, yeah, different is, it doesn't always equate to good, though, and they definitely learned that when they were uh, making Forces, for better or for worse. Yeah, for, Forces just played it too safe, so we'll see. I, I like Lost World for what it is. It's not a terrible game. I, I think it's unique, but I think the problem is they try to reinvent the wheel. So hopefully they, they don't try to reinvent the wheel, and they just like, hey, this is what people like. Uh, by the way, Sonic um, Generations is officially 10 years old, so feel old already, kids. Um, We're it's been old. a generation since Sonic Generations. Yeah, nice. The game is so, and the game is still ass on PC because it's not optimized at all. Ah, uh, anyways, um, that's where I have it. I haven't played very much of it. Yeah, it's a good game though. Let's move on to a name change. Dying Light Two has uh, gets a new title and a release date. It's officially been titled Dying Light Two: Stay Human, and will now be released on December seventh, twenty twenty one. For both the PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. And then, of course, we have a gameplay trailer uh, that's over seven minutes long. It goes over some of the features of it. I don't care about Dying Light, but I think Justin does. I mean, I liked the first one. Like, me and Thomas streamed through most of it. Um, I wanted to get back to it, but we just never had time. Um, And it's a really cool universe. I mostly just put this in here because... There hasn't, I mean, Dying Light's kind of been one of those things that was in development hell for a long time, and we finally started getting some information, so I just want to, like, 
you know, keep the the train going. Um, because it's it should be good, and I don't want it to get forgotten. That's that's really it. Like, all right, moving on. It, yeah, <laughs> sorry, dying light, dying light to you, everybody. Let's let's move on. It's not dead. Yeah, it's it's not it's not dead. We swear to God, it's not like Dark Soccer's. Dark Soccer's is not dead. Let's move on to the big Kahuna of it, and that is we have our first official PS5 look at Horizon. Forbidden West. I want to add zero to it, but I realize that's not part of the series. It's just called Horizon. It's throwing me off all week. So, it's Horizon Forbidden West, the much-anticipated sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, the game that I famously tried to run on my PC, on my previous PC, and failed. (laughs) So, I saw this. Uh, It's a 13-minute gameplay demo. um, And, oh my fucking god is Dang. like it's it's beautiful like holy holy shit the lighting is immaculate the 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 combat the the is is looks so good underwater sections look heavenly like it's ridiculous i they could turn they could tone down the lens fare but that's i feel like that's a bit much i don't need that much realism um, of course, like, it's, like, the game, the gameplay is, like, is pretty much standard, you know, you got your action, shooting stuff, you can stealth, it just looks so nice, and it looks like they gave Alloy, uh, some nice finishers, like, she has some, like, super, it looks like she goes for, like, a super attack, and, like, the camera zooms in on her face, like a fighting game, it just looks really, really good, and how it seamlessly goes from tr- combat to, tr- to, like, cutscene, my god man like oh like if i can look listen listen i hope they port this to pc like at some point like because i don't want to buy a ps5 just for this game but i might you won't be able to anyway yeah exactly i might though if i can find one because you've also got virtual fighter 5 so it wouldn't just be for yeah true but (laughs) oh yeah are we talking about that no. Oh, I fucking hell! I guess we're not. Never mind. Um, oh. Um, but I, I figured you would have added it. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm already floored by this gameplay demo. Um, what did y'all think? Yeah, this looks pretty. Like I haven't really played the original uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, but uh, yeah, this actually makes you want to play the first game a little bit. Um, I forgot to watch it, um, but, I mean, now that I see it, it looks really good. The, the problem is, like, the first one seemed right up my alley, and then my, my alloy, if you will, um, but I played it and just, I couldn't get into the gameplay loop. Like, the world and characters seemed interesting and stuff, but it was a lot of just, like, almost that Monster Hunter grind of, like, you take out the enemies, loot their corpses for materials, and then use those materials to upgrade your stuff. And it didn't feel like there was much more to it. At least early on. Um, so, like, this one looks really good and very polished and, like, you know, a step up from the last one. But I'm still not sure I would enjoy playing it. It's 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 hard to tell. But, to be fair, like, when they first announced the the first game it was like right around the same time as breath of the wild 
And so it's like, you know, we had the Zelda version and the Sony version. Um, Literally, like, like within the same month, I think, right? They released within the same month, yeah. And, like, I mean, I love Breath of the Wild, but it's far from my favorite Zelda game. And, like, the more kind of open world, like, freeform stuff is what I don't like as much about it. And that's, like, most of what Horizon is. It doesn't, it didn't have the kind of, like, you know, the Zelda pull for me. So, I don't know. You're right. It looks very pretty. Um, yeah, I'm just talking about from a visual standpoint, like, just the the power of what the PS5 can do. And, like, I, if, like, Jesus Christ, man. I'm, I'm in love with the water. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the game is insane. Um... What I want to see, though, this game is supposed to also come to PS4. I want to see what that yeah, looks like. Is. Like, I like I really want to know how they're gonna do. Obviously, it's gonna not look as nearly visually pretty, but like, in the frame rate is gonna be cut in half for sure. But like, just like the like, oh my god, I, I wonder what it's gonna look like. I'm I'm curious about that port. Or that version, regardless. But as for the PS5 version, yeah. If 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 you don't already have a PS5, and I guarantee you, this is going to get a lot of people who uh, to buy to want to buy a PS5 come this mm-hmm. uh, soon. There's no release date with this, but uh, there seems to be speculation it's going to be like their big fall game because like they did they showed a UI, they showed a lot of finished assets. It looked very polished, so it seems like it's. We might be getting some news for E3 for this game um, about its about its upcoming release spring. date. We'll, we'll have to see, yeah. Um, especially, fuck, we don't know when Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out, so. True. Oh, whatever it's titled yes. will be. That um, I would expect this holiday. We'll see. He knows. They could maybe be they'll hit us. close to each other again. Yeah, that'd be, wouldn't that be hilarious, right? <laughs> that would be funny. I want fan art of Alloy and Link clashing swords. That would be cool. Um, it looks cool. Awesome. Sure awesome. Yeah. Also, I'm gonna tell all you you fuck the, the the losers who are like alloy looks doesn't look feminine enough. Fuck you. Fucking go look at a real woman for once. And this is coming from a guy who looks at anime women all day. So she's basically a caveman. <laughs> like people looked different back then. Yeah. Just the like. <laughs> My favorite part of that is, like, the Twitter description was that, like, somebody was, as I said, like, they were dunking on him. Be- uh, hold on. I have I have the tweet. But it's just, like, like, like seriously, people? Is this where we're going to? Is this where we're going to? Horizon Zero Dawn fans are dunking on some dude because he can't beat his meat to alloy as she looks in the game because he is weak. <laughs> nice. Um, I love it. Okay. So okay, one thing I will say is the combat looks like a nice step up from the last one. Like you said, with the finishers and stuff, there's more dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Because I did not like the melee combat in the first game, and so then all you're doing is is hiding up in the rafters and shooting arrows. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, uh, let's mention Virtual Fighter real quick because I'm the king, and this is what we're gonna do. Virtual Fighter is Ultimate Showdown is back. It's on PS4 starting Yay. tomorrow at the time of this recording. It's a whole new remaster. The Yakuza team is using the same engine that they, they've remade the Yakuza games. So it's an entirely new game for the belt from the ground up. Um, the animation's still the same. 
I think the balance is still the same, but it's a whole new looking game. Go look at what Virtual Fighter 5 Final Showdown, look what Ultimate Showdown looks like. Completely new game. Also, you can play as you can. Ha- all the characters will have a uh, Sega Saturn S skin that you can play. So if you like those blocky textures, those blocky character models, they're also back. Virtual Fighter is back. I can't believe it, yeah. and I hate it because it's only on PS4. As I get emotional about it. Oh, Sega. Hey, man, I'll get you a PS4 just so you can play this game. I'm not holding you to that. Sega, please put this on PC as soon as possible. Please. The best part. And also, yeah, it's going to be free for uh, PS Plus. Yes, you lucky bastards get to play a new Virtual Fighter. You lucky bitches. And I'm not going to download it. Yeah, because you're an uncultured scrub. Hey, man. (laughs) If I ask you to download it, and we're going to play it on stream, like, it'll be fun. I suck at Virtua Fighter, so oh. we we have an equal I've chance of winning. I've never played Virtua Fighter. Winning. I don't even know who the characters are. You just have three buttons. Yeah, That's it's, it. it's, Virtua Fighter is pretty much a game. It's simple to learn because you have a punch, kick, and block button. That's it. But Virtua Fighter, the cool thing about Virtua Fighter, it's simple to learn. But super hard to master. But you can still have fun at a low level. Uh, that's that's what made yeah. Virtual Fighter cool back in the day. And the fact that the Sega Saturn could run a nearly arcade version of Virtual Fighter 1 and 2 on home console. So, Virtual Fighter's back. What I want to see... What I want to see, if this game does well enough... I want to see like an anthology of uh, the, the first four Virtual Fighter games on modern consoles... Because I'm pretty sure they still have the assets for those. Yeah. And I would imagine that uh, not a lot of ports exist for the older games. Especially for 3, which only had like a Dreamcast. Yeah, the only time they put Virtua Fighter 2 is the fucking Genesis version. Why, Sega? Um, So, yeah. We got a 360 port of the arcade version. Yeah. I have a feeling. There's nothing confirmed. I don't know if we'll see anything about an E3. I have a feeling we might get Virtua Fighter news at, at, at... whatever evo is doing this summer because sony is now partnered with evo obviously sega made a partnership with sony to make this playstation plus that's the best part is the barrier to entry is that like people can just download it for free they don't have to pay for it it's awesome it's a new game to play with your friends virtual fighter is back it's been too long and oh thank you sega uh it's been too long virtual fighter is back I'm gonna play the shit out of this game. Yeah, God, I wish I could play it. I wish I could play it. I just wanna play virtual. I will get you a console, dude. Like, we are gonna There's play no that shit one way or another. Now. Yeah, there, there, there really isn't. I, there is now! I mean, virtual Fighter, Fighter 5! Virtual Fighter 5 and a bad version of Horizon Forbidden West? Like, go nuts, but... <laughs> Don't, do not buy me a PS4 just to play Virtual Fighter. I will hold out for a PC No, buy release. him a PS5 so he can play Virtual <laughs> and Persona Five. Oh yeah, that's true. There's Persona Five. Yeah, no, that, that's not happening. Um, I'm a Xenoblade. I'm a Xenoblade <laughs> it's player. Deserve the shot. I'm a Xenoblade player. We don't play. No, no, it can only be one. There can only be one. And speaking of, I play both. Bitch. There can only be one. There can only be one E3. And now it is time for our short discussion. Not short, but our pre E3 discussion. This is. So next week, just to give a kind of a hint of next week, next week will be uh, our official E3 uh, stream where we'll be creating a live, a bingo card to play along to uh, to the live streams of what's happening. This week, we're kind of just basically wild-ass speculation. 
talking about rumors are coming out. Next week we'll put up like what we think will happen at E3. So this is sort of just free roaming idea. And next week Justin will have a bingo card server on stream where we can add things to like franchises or stuff like that to the screen. So okay, E3 is coming up in two weeks. Are you guys excited? I, f- I feel like there's more excitement for this E3 than there has than there was last year. Am I right? Yeah. Last year they kind of didn't so. I mean, it was like virtual stuff, but people did their own things. But I feel like there's an excitement for this. Like, a lot of people... And I find yeah. that funny because myself included, E3's dead, especially even before the pandemic. You had the whole controversy where uh, journalists' information were leaked. It seems like, oh, E3's gone, E3's gone, and E3's right around the corner again, and people are getting excited like it's Christmas again. I just find that very, very funny. So, I'm going to go around the corner. I want one wild speculation from you, Justin. What is the one thing that you know will not happen, but would lose your shit over if it happened? And no, you can't say Metroid Prime Trilogy because I'm taking that away from you. Because that doesn't exist. What is the one thing besides Metroid Prime Trilogy... That would make you lose your shit. That's probably not going to happen. Well, are there going to be ca- categories for things we think are more likely? Yeah, or is yeah, absolutely. Or just wild speculation? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Well, well, like things that more than likely will be talked about for sure. Okay, so I'll I'll save my trade prime four. Um, my, I hate to stick with Metroid, but like I miss it right now. Um, my wild speculation is a new 2D or 2.5D Metroid game. Mm, which yeah. one? Is it a remake or is it a new game? I think, I mean, the wild speculation, new game, like a, like a proper follow-up to Fusion. Um, but what I would more than likely expect would be a, uh, remake of Fusion that expands it out the same way. Mercury Steam, who would definitely be doing it, uh, expanded out Metroid 2 to kind of lead into Fusion uh, because they said they want to make a, a, a remake of that and then they got put on 2 instead. So now they can make Fusion and give it the same treatment. Um, because I don't know if Nintendo really like has an idea of like what to do with Samus after she's been fused with that, you know, with the Metroid suit or whatever. Right. So yeah. I could see it just being like basically, you know, kind of a sequel remake. Um making a bigger version of Fusion that also, you know, delves more into lore stuff and maybe gives a more concrete ending for her or, you know, gives a more concrete uh follow up to what they could do next. Since Fusion kind of just left it with nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a nothing ending, yeah. wasn't it? Tyler, swing for the fences. What is the one thing you want to think we want happen to E3, but will probably not happen? I got four words for you, and I'm sure you'll understand as soon as I say them. Capcom presents <laughs> Marvel Comics. Yep. Yeah, I kind of want to see a Marvel vs. Capcom game again. Uh, specifically uh, with, with uh, the X-Men characters again, because famously with uh, Infinite, uh, it just has a bunch of uh, the characters from the MCU. Uh, they did look good. 
for the most part, Chun-Li's day one face aside, but uh, it wasn't what everyone was expecting. The game is still kind of fun, but it's just whatever. I kind of want to see a proper Marvel vs. Capcom 4 uh, with uh, all the classic characters that everyone loves to see, like Wolverine, Storm, Magneto, all those dudes. And I would love to see some uh, new Capcom rep as well. Um, I'm not sure who I would want in the game. Probably like uh, Nero, more proper monster. Yeah, like Nero from Dra- Devil May Cry Five. That fucking cool. Asura um, from Asura's Wrath was like the most demanded character for MVC. That'd be yeah. That'd be sick, honestly. Uh, even though I don't like Asura's Wrath that much, but yeah, uh, I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see some uh, old stuff, like uh, just bring back the Marvel 3 hype, but uh, add in some uh, new exciting features. Uh, I don't know. uh, Just make it hype again. Make something that everyone would want to see in, like, Evo or something. I'd be down for that. It's time, for sure. It's on on my shirt. (laughs) Killer Instinct... A new Killer Instinct game from Microsoft by the same team that made the previous Killer Instinct. New on new hardware, yes. a bigger budget. Microsoft, I know, has no fucking interest for some reason to make a new KI, even though it has. It's God. It's the first. The last one is still amazing. I would love a. It, it's it came out in 2013, like and and granted, it's still very playable to this day with some of the best netcode you can still play, but. Yes, it's time. Like I want to, I want to get, I want to, I want to see Ki, and you will, you will, like, like, I will be at work and coming to your home in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I will be at home, and um, and like, or at work, and Justin will be watching the stream, and he'll hear something in the distance. What the fuck is ah? It's just my hype beam coming out of my mouth. Like that's what I want. I want new Ki. I want a new Ki. It's time. Like, I will always love 2013 KI and the fact that it brought it back to relevancy, but I want a new one. Come on, Microsoft. You have a gold yeah. mine right here. The fighting game genre has never been more popular before. Hire back the old, hire back Iron Galaxy. You know, I'm sure they're working on other projects, but, like, work something out, get them back on the team, and let's make magic happen again, baby. Come on. There you go. Killer Instinct. I would love to see that. Now, let's kind of wrap this up with what is the thing that you expect to be at E3 this year? It may or may not be at E3, but there's a probability that either A, it should be, or B, most likely, will be based on rumors. Starting with me again? Yes. Yes, Captain. Um, I'm going to cheat because I have two. Uh, because one we already talked about, and that's Breath of the Wild 2 info. Uh, so, like, I don't want to waste mine. Uh, but, like, I guarantee we're going to get, like, a proper release date and stuff for that. But my actual one is going to be Metroid Prime 4. Um, so my theory with Metroid Prime 4 is that it's still in, you know, decently active development. Uh, they've been doing all that hiring. Like, it's, it did have to start over. But I think they have a good idea of where it's headed. 
and we'll get kind of a uh, like. Do you remember the reveal, like the original reveal trailer for Metroid Prime One? Um, um, the live action thing. No, like uh, when she shows up at the like gets off the ship and is at the frigate or whatever. Um, like basically the intro of the game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll get something like that. That's essentially like a concept trailer. So like it might, it may or may not have any gameplay, but it'll at least give us an idea of like you know where the game is going, um, story wise, and kind of the tone um, and like cinematic quality of it, and a proper title. Um, probably no release date, maybe a year. Like I could see it saying like twenty twenty two or something, um, but. Little to no gameplay, and just like the visuals of what Metroid Prime on Switch could look like. Uh, because I mean, that's the kind of thing that can even be done by like a you know a trailer studio, like just to appease people, <laughs> even if the actual studio you know making the game didn't produce it. Um, I love gameplay, like an actual you know trailer demo type thing. But that seems less likely. Unless it's like a very, you know, tight, polished, uh, like, slice of life thing like they've done in the past. Um, where it's like, all they have to show is that one completed section. Let me ask you this. Breath of Wild, I, I know you said Breath of Wild 2 isn't your answer. Do you expect we get a firm release date for Breath of Wild yes. 2? And what do you think that release date will be? I think we will get a slew of details. Like, I think we'll get an actual title with a release date, um, and I think they'll come together. Like, you know, it'll it'll have a new trailer for the game, like, showing off the story and, and whatever is, has changed in, like, the year or whatever since the original game ended. Um, with the, you know, fade-up of the title, and then a uh, holiday 2021 release date. All right. Well, I hope you're right because I know people are plenty hungry for a new breath, a new Zelda game. I think okay. it'll be spring 2022 at the latest. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that would be pushing it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, considering when was the game announced? Like 2019, 2018, yep. something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it was supposedly using the same like world map and everything. So like, um, like the only reason for the delay is that like the ideas got too big. Similar to like Silk Song and shit like that. Yeah, it's very um, possible. Like what they'll end up showing is drastically different from just a Breath of the Wild two, yeah. and they'll come out and explain like, you know, the the ideas we had were bigger than just a sequel for the game. So this is actually the next like official Zelda title, like yeah. not connected to Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, what is something do you expect to see at E three? Um, I kind of want to see something on Bayonetta 3, mm. because they announced that game that was in development, uh, they showed a little teaser trailer, I want to say a couple years ago? Wasn't uh, that the same longer? Game Awards that had Breath of the Wild 2? Probably. <laughs> uh, it sounds No, familiar. it was a year later but, for, uh, um, the game, uh, it was like a year apart. Oh, okay. Because Bayonetta okay. 2 was announced the year of the, the year the Switch came out. 
Or Bayonetta 3, rather, was announced the year the oh, Switch yeah. came out. Really? Yes, it's yeah. been that long. Jeez. Yeah, I just want to see something on this game, man. Like, I love the first two Bayonetta games. They're some of the best action games uh, around uh, on Nintendo Switch. And uh, just seeing any sort of thing, like like a story trailer, a uh, little bit of gameplay, like maybe a playable demo, uh, I don't know, anything. I just want to see this game uh, come out and like, hey, this, hey, I exist. I just want to, I just want to see it, you know. Okay. As for me, there's a couple of things I think, I think to expect to see. I, but the question is, what is the most likely? Hmm. That is a good question. I think, and this is not like me speculating, I kind of think, because the game last came out in 2018, so I think it's due. I think we'll see a new Tomb Raider game. Whether it's a connected to the uh, reboot trilogy or a whole new thing altogether is entirely different. But I think that's likely that, that Square will Enix will want a Tomb Raider game for next-gen consoles. Don't you think they would have shown that at the, the Tomb Raider anniversary stream? Not unless they're showing it for saving it for E3 and make a bigger surprise. That's that's just that's, that's like, I, I I think I I fully expect to see a, a Tomb Raider announcement at E3. I feel like it's time, especially considering it is the anniversary this year, and maybe they're just waiting for bigger eyes to have on it versus just that. So we'll see. Yeah, I can see that. We'll see. And Lara Croft. Maybe been... like because a lot of times they get uh, console exclusivity for a bit, so I could see like you know maybe Microsoft, for example, being like, hey. You can show these things, but we want the game reveal for our conference. Right, exactly. So that's my speculation. So there you go. We have Metroid Prime 4, which I... There's been listings at Best Buy and Walmart. I can't confirm the Walmart because I don't work in that area. But there have been listings popping up, so... Mm-hmm. It's been a while, guys. Come on, let's go. Um, yeah, same while. thing with Bayonetta 3. Like, God, Bayonetta 2 was such a fucking great game, and the fact that... I mean, according to Kamiya-san, um, Bayonetta 3's development is going fine. Can only take it so much, but... Alright, guys. I think we're going to do it. That's oh, gonna do... Yeah, my... Go no, one one more Gatorade get hype for, I think, all of us... Which was, <laughs> yes. ...would be Mega Man X9. Yes! Yes. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I think all three of us saw time was, like, magic will happen. We'll all look at our phone the same time. Like, fuck time yeah. zone, doesn't matter. Oh, we're all in the same time zone. Yeah, we're in the same time zone. Ha! Yeah, screw you, are. Thomas! <laughs> uh, we'll all look at our phones simultaneously. I wonder what's going on. Like, we'll all be on lunch or something or off or whatever. Wait. And all of a sudden, it's just it shows, like, a highlight reel of, like, of classic, like, and, and we'll, ball, we'll all simultaneously, like, no way. Is it, like, what is it, like, what is, and then all of a sudden, new age, like, models, and new like, glimpses, and playable zero, and the dream reality, simultaneous co-op Select for both X, X and zero, <laughs> exactly, oh, beautiful, that's from X4, that's awesome, right, um, I love this shirt, yes, awesome shirt, so yeah, Mega Man, that, okay, that's our collective, what yeah. we want to see, X9, come on, Capcom, 
people bought the Legacy Collection. They won X9. You gave us 11. 11 was fine. Give us X9. Give us X9. Come on. Okay. But I... X9 is going to be fucking hype if that's going to so happen. So yeah, next, again, next week we'll be doing a more, a little bit more comprehensive E3 discussion. Not necessarily discussion, but just more rampant speculation. We're going to put basically franchise logos or like phrases of things we might see at E3, and we're going to try to play. We're going to try to play bingo with that, or you can take it and play bingo with it yourself. Um, but coming, that'll be all next week. So we'll probably won't do as much game or news discussion, depending on which is heavier or the other. So just be prepared for that next week. And then E3 will be just, I might even like take off my live streams, uh, for that week just to, just, just to do E3 stuff with y'all just to, just because it's, it's, yeah, it's business time. Yeah, exactly. It's business. It will probably be live every night. Like, exactly. Yeah. We'll probably be doing like post E3 coverage and stuff like that. So, uh, that is good. But that's going to do it for tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so let's go and pass around the buck and say goodnight to everybody. Justin, where can the beautiful people find you at? Uh, you can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, I don't know how to follow that up. I, I haven't done much lately, so I kind of forgot my shtick. Um, so yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> Tyler! You can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sThatTy. Check out the pinned tweet to uh, go to my YouTube channel where I post Tire Shoes reviews. I am currently working on the next one, and hopefully that should be coming out uh, the week after this uh, episode is posted on the site and YouTube. Uh, Justin and I are working on Atomic Shart. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Justin. Uh, we just recorded uh, our sixth episode, so... Check out the new episode for Bigfoot when that comes out. Uh, we also have uh, Cinema Shot coming out, but I'm pretty sure Ben is going to explain that as well. So I will leave that up to you, sir. All right. And, of course, you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy for all things concerning the self-proclaimed marvelous one. Uh, I did a new video on Earthbound. Be sure to check that out. It was fun to make. Uh, my next video will be on the much gory game Blasphemous. Uh, and... Uh, I stream live three times a week at twitch.tv slash Iggy2814, um, where uh, three nights a week at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, also, uh, chartshot.com for all things related to Chartshot. Of course, as Justin explained at the top of the show about our three different feeds, so now you can just subscribe what you want between Chartshot movies and Chartshot games. Um, and of course, Cinema Shot will be de- will be debuting this week as Todd and I have uh, recorded the debut episode Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox, and that was a lot of fun to record. So look forward to that. And again, this will be a permanent series going forward. No end in sight. We'll be tackling one franchise at a time. It'll all be under the specific number. So after episode thirteen, episode fourteen will be I don't know Mission Impossible or a Dra- or a Dragon Ball Z movie. We haven't decided yet. Uh, but right now we'll be on the DC animated movie universe train for the next 13 weeks. Um, and uh, we might take breaks in between uh, installments, but we'll have to we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, of, co- uh, of course, uh, now that we have new feeds, it's probably like yes, new, uh, leave us a review on iTunes or I should say Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast provider except Google Podcasts because they're not playing ball right now. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think that's about it, guys. Uh, happy E3. Uh, what about recommendations for uh, Cinema Shot? What was that? Like, uh, if you, like if you want, uh, you mentioned in the recording earlier that uh, 
if you want to be a part of Cinema Shot, uh, you can uh, contact uh, Ben on Twitter. Yes, yeah, I did put that out. I forgot to do that earlier. Yeah, sorry. Pass me, fuck me over right now. Um, yeah, Cinema Shot <laughs> is welcome to take on guests. So if you want to be a part of any of these upcoming 13 movies regarding the DC Animated Cinematic Universe, hit me up, uh, DM, send me a DM on Twitter, or just at me on Twitter, and we'll try to work something out. Um, and we'll go from there. Or if there's a franchise that when we discuss it, if you want to be a part of it, we'll, we'll go from there. Um... MCU as far is a far distant place, so don't even think about that yet. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching live. Again, you can catch us live at twitch.tv. Says Zero Score every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm your host, Ben. And no matter what, guys, I almost forgot the line. Stay charged. Good night, everybody. Ubi, ubi. No matter what, line? <laughs>